This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence it's a flying object, and we don't know what it is. I would hope somebody is checking it out. I'm glad the Pentagon is looking at this, because if it poses a threat, I want them on top. Well, the craft generates its own gravitational field. The internet has become the command center for criminals and terrorists. That's that's what we're instructed to say. Roswell, Area 51, alien kept deep under the ground. all of you who may also have troubled minds what's going on guys it is monday night which is one of the nights we get together and talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about we do it monday tuesday wednesday thursday sunday monday <laughs> anyway sunday through thursday 7 p.m pacific what are those things we're not allowed to talk about you know what they are aliens conspiracy the paranormal the government academia the 24-hour news cycle 
propaganda and the general feeling that we live in the upside down. Boy, I tell you what, uh, this one came together at the final moments. I, I was I'm fresh out of ideas, guys. It's uh, I'm running, 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 trying to keep up with everything. But uh, this one. Uh, so the good thing about uh, working the day job again, which and many of you know that I'm doing uh, that uh, I get to listen to podcasts. I get to listen to other things. I get to uh, sort of. You know, consume some content as part of that uh, the the actual workforce. Like I say, ah, the efficiency of a, of a workforce. So I'm walking a lot because we get uh, you know downtime at the end of the day, and you know a bunch of this kind of you know madness going on, the, the payroll type stuff of you know well you know the work's done and you got to be here till five. So so I'm walking. I'm walking a lot. I'm you know several miles each day at the end of the day most days, and I just put on a podcast and or two and just to walk and um, listen and and so anyway. Uh, with that said, uh, the inspiration tonight comes from a, a podcast I was listening to. I'm not going to call them out and uh, do some uh, free advertising or anything, but uh, there's a lot of wild things because, of course, uh, just the initial idea comes from uh, this this one this one particular show. Except uh, I was trying to find a new way to sort of look at this. And in the past, we've talked about the out of body experience. Okay. And that's what this particular podcast was talking about, specifically Robert Monroe. And we've talked about him in the past in terms of the different places that he visited in the out-of-body realm, in the out-of-body experience. Now, the, the bizarre part about it, 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 we did an entire show on a place called Locale 2, which was sort of a parallel to the, the real world. Uh, you know, they had buildings, it had possibly entities, uh, there were you know maybe workshops or classes being done inside of these buildings that was kind of like the upside down in Stranger Things. Okay, that was locale too. We did an entire show on that. Well, I don't know, probably a couple months ago, that maybe three months ago, something like that. But uh, apparently, uh, in the the larger scope of this, and when you start looking at uh, the other things Robert Monroe did as part of that, you know, the, the pioneer basically of the the modern out of body experience, uh, he he also uh, didn't just visit uh, these this you know these particular places. He visited a wide variety of places with entities and all kinds of wild stuff happening. But the thing I didn't know, which I was looking into when I got home after listening to that podcast, had to eat real quick. You know, uh, just all the things. I'm I'm just trying to rush here. I, I see the messages coming from you guys. I'm just sorry I can't answer everything. I, I'm just go time the second I get home to try and get a show together. But um, back to Robert Monroe. And so not only was he seeing lo- Locale One, which was uh, the, the closest sort of out of phase experience with the out of body, which is almost here. Okay, just visiting here in the out of body space. Locale Two became a completely other sort of. Well, that we did a whole show on it, and and so it, it's just another place. It's sort of uh, sort of that upside down, uh, but not exactly Stranger Things style. But things gets weird because uh, when you're talking about uh, Robert Monroe out of body experiences, the Monroe Institute, this type of stuff, because there's another place called Locale Three, and it, that is the wild one because it's basically the astral travel. It's basically sort of escaping. Not just your body, not not just the world itself, but sort of maybe even escaping this plane of existence and seeing where they mix and commingle and and a bunch of that stuff. Okay, so it got me thinking. Now, uh, so okay, so so that's that's where this begins. And there's a second part to that where not only did uh, Robert Monroe describe Locale Three and uh, some of these other wild areas, he also described seeing alternate versions of America, alternate versions of the United States in different spaces, different sort of 
multiversal spaces. Okay. Now it got me thinking like, wait a minute, uh, there's a very, very specific thing. Okay. Very specific thing. OB, OBE order British empire. No, no out of body experience, sir. Uh, what's up, Axel? How you doing? Uh, okay. So here's the thing, right? Not only did Robert Monroe have these experiences where he, he sort of witnessed other versions of our reality, maybe different time frames, and even again, this space, America, but sort of in a larger, uh, or let's say just different sort of uh, culminations of historic, uh, you know, like, uh, which, so did Philip K. Dick, like the man in the high castle, and this type of thing. And so it got me thinking about both of those things. So number one, Robert Monroe specifically was able to spot alternate realities of our very own world through the out-of-body experience, but also Philip K. Dick did the same thing, except he wasn't actually channeling out-of-body. He was doing something else. He seemed to be channeling information from elsewhere, maybe even tuned into the same places as Robert Monroe. So keep that in mind as we go tonight, because I'm going to mix both of those ideas, because I think it is strange, beyond strange even, shout out Dave Cruz, uh, that these two different people seem to experience very similar things, except in very different ways. So hold that thought as we get to it. As you know, this is the most interactive radio show in the known multiverse. And what I mean by that is uh, just, a, just a conversation, just, a, just a, a reading the chat, trying to incorporate your ideas into the show as we go. And of course, uh, taking your phone calls and all the rest. As you know, we're streaming in all the places you would expect. That's going to be um, YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. Of course, we're broadcasting live on the Trouble Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting and it's digital radio. And uh, of course, we are taking your phone calls as usual because this is just a conversation. This is not about any level of truth. It's about combining ideas. It's about considering that maybe the world we live in is not as it seems. And maybe there's a, a well, uh, what would you call it? A malleable meta-reality as part of it. And we'll talk about that as we go tonight. So if you want to be part of the show, uh, again, it is a conversation. We're taking your calls uh, through the entire thing here. Uh, 702-957-1037. That's 702 702- Nine five seven one zero three seven. You can click the Discord link at troubledminds.org, and uh, we'll put you on the show just like that. Uh, all the things you need uh, regarding troubled minds are also at, at the, um, the the website troubledminds.org. Okay, all right. So so that's where we start. We start with this weird idea of the OBE out of body experience expedition, malleable meta realities. That's where we start. So uh, so the first question regarding that is what what's the difference here? So if both Philip K. Dick, and this is the question for tonight, both Philip K. Dick, again, a, a one of the most notable, uh, again, you can frame this however you want in terms of uh, individuals and how you want to rank fiction writers or whatever. But Philip K. Dick is one of the more notable, let's say, in modern times because he seemed to be channeling something. And there's some some high, high strangeness, shout out to Fred in the chat, uh, happening with Philip K. Dick uh, with an experience that changed his life. And then he started sort of getting downloads from somewhere else and started writing about this stuff as fiction, except to him, many of these things were not fiction at all. They were something he was seeing from somewhere else. Okay. But now like including, of course, if you guys are familiar with the man in the high castle, we'll get to that in a little bit. And he was seeing sort of a, a version of what America would have looked like if the Nazis and Japan and the Axis powers had, had actually won world war two. 
Okay. So, so if you're familiar with that story, you'll, you'll get it. But if you're not, that's okay. Cause I'll fill in some of the blanks as we go. But how come Philip K. Dick, this is a question. How come Philip K. Dick, a fiction writer who was not really known for his out of body work, including up to the point where we're not even sure if he did any of it. He was more of the uh, drug type, the hallucinogen, hallucinogen, uh, you know, that, that type of guy, uh, Terrence McKenna type. But then we have the same situation happening with Robert Monroe, who was uh, nothing of the sort. He was a, uh, you know, a, a master of the out-of-body experience. But they had and found similar places in, dare I call it, the multiverse and different actual uh, you know, historical places of our own world happening elsewhere. So how come both of these individuals, through different methods, are seeing very similar things? And that's the question for tonight, because we're going to talk about this out-of-body experience as an expedition, of course, and then this malleable meta-reality. So there you go. That's, uh, that puts us where we need to be, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Let's, let's get to the write-up here. So, in the ever-expanding tapestry of human thought about the nature of existence, the concept of malleable meta-realities emerges as a compelling intersection of philosophy, science, and art. This idea posits that reality is not a fixed, unchanging structure, but a fluid and mutable construct that exists in layers or dimensions, each with its own rules, logic, and potential for change. It's as if reality itself is a living organism capable of transformation and evolution responsive to the forces that interact with it within this framework the works of philip k dick and the experiences of robert monroe serve as converging streams of insight each offering a unique perspective on the malleability of reality and the existence of alternate dimensions going to get wild tonight. Philip K. Dick, through his speculative fiction, or again, depends on how how you look at it, he seems to have uh, believed, at least in some capacity, that it was channeling something and getting this these downloads of this information from directly from these other realities okay so back to this so philip k dick through the speculative fiction or even channeling as some would suggest uh crafts worlds that are elastic in nature reality is often a puzzle to be solved a maze with shifting walls and elusive exits characters navigate these mazes sometimes aware that they are in an alternate reality sometimes not but always facing challenges that question the very nature of existence And the man in the high castle, for example, which I talked about a little while ago there, the concept of meta reality comes to the forefront with the grasshopper lies heavy, a book within the book that represents its own alternate history. This layering of realities forces the reader to confront the idea of what we consider real might be just one layer in a complex multidimensional construct. On the other side of the spectrum is Robert Monroe, whose journeys into altered states of consciousness led him to explore different locales or dimensions. Locale 3 stands out as a particularly intriguing realm, a meeting point of multiple alternate Earths, each with its own set of circumstances and rules. Monroe's experiences suggest that our consciousness is not limited to the physical world. It can traverse these different layers of reality, interact with them, and perhaps even influence them. The very act of Monroe observing these alternate Earths raises the possibility that consciousness itself is a transformative force, capable of shaping the realities it interacts with. And here we go. So we'll leave it there for just a second, and and, uh, let's riff on this. But uh, this is a wild one to me, because we've talked about the the idea of, of course, 
uh, string theory or the many worlds theory. I, I know they're two different things. One's a mathematical construct. One's sort of a you know woo woo um, concept of uh, you know a philosophy, a philosophical construct. Basically, I get they're different. Okay, but here's the thing regarding that: how how do these sort of alternate meta realities come to fruition? How do they exist? Do they is it is it just a a a, a basis of us imagining things and then they're peeling off realities is it uh, on the basis of let's say every decision that could be made from a conscious entity is peeling off a new reality you know you flip the coin it's heads or tails and whatever seems to happen in the moment is like sort of the superposition effect where it just peels off another reality where uh, chaos series in full effect and we've got a a wide cascade of changes based on tiny little actions it becomes mind-boggling to think in those terms, and if if the the space we're in is so vast, the, the, these meta realities themselves can actually cause this to be going on around us all the time. Okay, so maybe I'm, I mean, you know, maybe like you know me, I'm a dreamer and I love this type of stuff. And uh, to me, I, I'll say a good solid maybe. You know, drinking the maybe juice on that. But the actual uh, vastness of, of this space that would be necessary to peel out infinite, let me, let me slow down, infinite, infinite realities is beyond the idea of a construct. It is, it is so immense that I'm not sure it can be quantified in human terms. And so how do we, when we're looking at the idea of these meta realities okay and what what what, what does that mean i don't really know i don't really know i don't i again this is all speculative stuff but it is strange again and the question of the night is how come through different experiences we have these two individuals again both notable in the modern time and uh, very famous in the woo circles and fiction and all the rest how come we have them experiencing very similar things through different methods different means That's the part that got me. I was like, wait a minute now. How come exactly this? It spawned the idea in my mind. Like, so, so thank goodness it did. Cause I was, I I was down, down to the wire and couldn't think of an idea, but this is, that's the idea. How come two different people are experiencing the exact same thing? Is it just a back to the cosmic coincidence? Is it something else? I, I don't really know. And of course, I'd love to hear your theories on what you think this is. Uh, let's see, hold on. Got messages coming through. I see you guys there. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Copy that. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right, back to where we were. So, so that's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And so it gets even more weird because if you start to look at some of the places that Robert Monroe visited, uh, let me get a list here. I got a a whole list of places, including sort of like a cosmic coffee shop, uh, where it seems to be like a, at a certain plane, uh, uh, when you've ascended to a certain level of the out of body, you sort of end up in this, like French bistro or like some, some coffee shop, uh, like a cosmic coffee shop. I, I believe it's level 27, uh, uh, on his hierarchy of, you know, out of body uh, situations, however he labels that. But, but beyond that and how this gets even more strange is that all of those layers up to that point are all kinds of weird places, all like bizarre. Again, other realities historically, like, like the man in the high castle, Philip K. Dick, but also uh, other places like locale too, sort of the upside down of, you know, things, stranger things, but not so, not so strange, that type of stuff. 
and cascades all the way on up, including, of course, uh, it's, it's a shame James isn't here, but the idea of like the, the Beetlejuice or uh, souls waiting in sort of the train station uh, for to be picked up and taken somewhere like all of this was described by Robert Monroe in his journeys out of body. And I think uh, far, far journeys, I think is the other one that he wrote that, but th- that's the weird part about this is a, a lot of the fiction that we're dealing with today, you know, Beetlejuice included some of those major themes in that movie. They come from Robert Monroe and the actual out of body experiences he was, he was experimenting with and learning and, wild stuff and so i don't know like when you get to that top toughest level does it seem strange to you that it's like a coffee shop like a cosmic coffee shop where they're just entities hanging out and um yeah anyway all right so so that's that uh, gets us kind of to where we need to be uh and let's see what else uh, let's go back to the write-up but uh, yeah i mean uh, so forgive me for being a little bit uh, all over the place because like i said concept came late and here we are so here we go so what's fascinating about this is that both philip k dick and robert monroe seem to concur on some major points firstly the idea that reality is not singular but exists in multiple layers or dimensions secondly the notion that this reality or realities are malleable and responsive Philip K. Dick's characters often find themselves in situations where their actions or decisions have the potential to alter the course of events, not just in their reality, but potentially in other realities. Monroe's accounts also hint at the idea that the presence of consciousness can have a tangible impact on these alternate dimensions. And lastly, both touch upon the significance of synchronicities as possible markers or clues in navigating these complex landscapes. Now, wouldn't that be wild if synchronicities themselves were just basically this overlap that kind of held everything together through things that weren't coincidence? That's a wild idea right there all by itself. What's up? I see you guys in the chat. Thanks for thanks for being cool and chill and hanging out and uh, being nice to each other. That's really the only rule here, guys. Uh, don't, don't be a racist. Uh, don't don't be uh, don't be mean to each other. And uh, that's it. That's really the only rules. And no threats. No threats. Don't do that. Uh, anyway, so so wild stuff, wild stuff. Uh, back to the right up here. So so uh, again, synchronicities. So in any way, in essence, the writings of Philip K. Dick and the explorations of Robert Monroe offer complementary lenses through which to view the intriguing concept of malleable meta-realities. While one uses the vehicle of fiction and the other the medium of ex- uh, experiential consciousness, both arrive at strikingly similar conclusions, that reality is a far more complex and malleable construct than we've been led to believe. And within that malleability lies a realm of possibilities that challenges the very core of our understanding of existence, urging us to explore, question, and perhaps even reshape the layers of reality that surround us. Now, with that said, I think it's, let's say that idea of chaos theory, but now take it to the cosmic sense, to the many worlds realm. And if our consciousness sort of has that, that, that superposition of the observer effect and how this fits into other realities and what we do here actually may manipulate another reality elsewhere and have this massive cascade effect, like I said, with uh, uh, like the butterfly effect, but in the many worlds theory. Okay. So think about how all of that would work together. I don't even think we could conceive of a machine that is so advanced that uh, it, it basically becomes the machine of reality. It becomes 
I don't even know how you could describe the construct itself. It would be so massive. And that type of thing makes me wonder with some of these experiences that people have discussed in, in the past with uh, Philip K. Dick and Robert Monroe, some of these experiences, if there's something else at play here and possibly maybe we are experiencing that uh, sort of convergence of these actual meta realities. And that's where my mind's at tonight. Like I said, uh, my apologies for being just a little uh, rambly. Uh, I'm always a little rambly, but tonight I uh, got the the idea late. And so here we are trying to work our way through it. But most importantly, I want to know what you think about this. Uh, I know the many worlds theory is a difficult thing to swallow. And we've talked about it sort of in vanilla terms in the past. But I think this takes this to a whole new level. So not just the idea of a cascading chaos theory where consciousness actually not just let's say manifests our own reality here for ourselves but also has cascading effects to other places i don't know kind of like the runaway train of uh, influence that uh, one little thing happens and everything changes everywhere else as a result and you know the chaos theory of course is that that idea that uh, right uh, this is the, the example that's used the most is a, a butterfly flaps its wings let's say in china and then 6 months down the road here in the states uh, as a result of that butterfly flapping its wings through this complex meta structure of structures and weather and chaos theory that it causes a hurricane somewhere over here on the, uh, the, the in our neck of the woods so who really knows and that's why i think we need to talk about this stuff and what do you know regarding not just the out-of-body experience but let's say channeling uh the same sort of ideas through fiction or the muses or something else how come there's actually a parallel here is it a coincidence or do you think there's no such thing as a coincidence love to hear your thoughts on this lots of wild stuff to talk about tonight uh, somebody please save me. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. More, the OBE Expedition. That's out-of-body experience. Malleable meta-realities. We're looking at Robert Monroe and Philip K. Dick. And how come a lot of the things they talked about seem to be in lockstep through different experiences? Things are getting weird. Love to hear your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. More Trouble Minds coming up. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're taking your calls as we discuss the idea of the many worlds theory, except with a wrinkle. You know me. I like to add wrinkles to wild ideas already. And this particular one is especially bizarre. Robert Monroe, the out-of-body let's say, pioneer in modern times, experienced different places in time, basically alternate realities of the same space. For instance, America, okay, America, the United States of America. And he recognized different places of the actual same place we are, but different times, different sort of timelines. He noticed this as part of his uh, out-of-body travel and experience, which I'll get to some of the other weird things that he he, uh, encountered as well. But it got me thinking in terms of, let's say, Philip K. Dick, because he was famous for this and being able to basically channel channel, I say, because who really knows where where downloads come from and inspiration. We talk about this type of thing a lot. But Philip K. Dick actually had a very similar take, and he wrote uh, books about these things. Again, The Man in the High Castle, for one, where the uh, you know the Axis powers actually won World War II and took over uh, basically the world. And so there's a an, another version of America based on uh, what would it, what would have happened in that uh, speculative scenario. But it's not just a one of those situations where you're like, ah, you know, it's an an overactive imagination type of thing. This is, again, sort of corroborated by the journeys out of body by Robert Monroe. Now, why? Why why are there similar things here, similar themes? I mean, they were kind of operating around the same time. Were they influencing each other? Were they tapped into the same things? Who knows? Maybe they knew each other for all I know. And so this becomes really the conundrum. And how much of this do we put into the stock of, let's say, the larger aspect of the many worlds theory? And do you think it exists? And can we actually uh, manipulate these these uh, other worlds with just our the superposition and consciousness and how it may flow into a larger, let's say, cosmic chaos theory where one action here can ripple into many realities, very, very much like um, uh, Marvel, the MCU. I don't know. Anyway, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I know it's wild and crazy and it's way out there. That's, but hey, that's welcome to Troubled Minds. That's really what we do here. And uh, like I said, no truths to be found, just ideas and concepts. And, and what do you think about them? Love to hear what you think instead of me rambling on. Uh, so the, the, the rule applies. If we get no calls at the end of two hours, the show ends there. So just letting you know, just a, just a wink, wink. If uh, there are no calls by the end of hour two, the show ends there because I can't do three hours all by myself. Uh, so there you go. So let's get back to this this list here. Now, this is absolutely wild. Check this out. So here's some some things that uh, actually Robert M- uh, Monroe of the Monroe Institute encountered, not just in his, his uh, book, uh, Journeys Out of Body, but his other uh, book called, uh, what was it called? Um, 
uh, it'll come to me in a sec. So anyway, so he described a, a few things. So locale one. Now this is this is the realm closest to the physical world where things appear similar to the physical, but with some differences. It's described as a consensus reality created by the thoughts of the inhabitants. Ah, uh, consensus, consensus conjured reality. I love it. Uh, then, then also locale two, which we did an entire show on this, and this is a weird one. So this realm has more differences from the physical world. The natural laws are less restrictive, allowing abilities like flying and instant travel. It appears more dreamlike and malleable. Oh, yes, indeed. What's up, guys? I see in the chat. How you doing? I uh, haven't time lately. I'd like to come on. Yeah, yeah. All right. Gotcha. All right. Uh, we got Axel. Axel has got some stuff to say. Sweet. We'll get him on in a sec. Hang tight, my friend. Uh, so then, so we got locale one, locale two. These are some of the places that Robert Monroe visited uh, in his book, Journeys Out of Body. Uh, you can read that. There's PDFs for free. I've, I haven't read the entire thing, but it's pretty wild some of the things he's done in there. Now, th this is where this gets weird. And we talk about this space a lot, I think. He called it the belief system territories. Uh, these are realms created from the belief systems of groups of people, sort of the egregores of religion themselves, okay? Uh, Monroe visited a place with pearly gates and winged angels resembling the Christian heaven. See, so we're sort of manifesting these things through belief, through intention, through through all the things we always talk about. He, this other uh, dimension he, he called the I there, I dash there, and a dimensionless realm beyond space and time. Uh, Robert Monroe encountered intelligent beings here and felt unconditional love and oneness. But then, of course, he experienced all kinds of other worlds as well. Uh, Monroe briefly visited other mystical realms, including one resembling the ancient civilization of Egypt. They think Stargate while we're at it. Uh, he also encountered alien and futuristic worlds, as well as what we're talking about, the idea that uh, he, he's actually seen alternate realities of our own singular reality with just different timelines uh and so i don't i don't really know how it fits but uh pretty wild stuff and like i said there's a, a i just uh axel damn it i hit uh hit the hit the invite axel and it dipped him off i did not ban you axel okay anyway so pop back in here we'll, we'll put you on the show so here's some other things too that uh robert monroe described experiencing in his out-of-body experiences okay and we'll get back to the the, the longer narrative here in a sec uh, so the park. Now, this is that thing uh, where there were certain levels of reality that uh, he said that you could get uh, achieved through these sort of, uh, what is it called? Hemisync is what it's called. Hemisync. I'm not sure where, where they had the, the two tones uh, and your brain kind of creates a third tone, one, one tone in one ear, one tone in the other ear. And it creates a, uh, a, a an actual third tone uh, of your mind sort of trying to reconcile the two sounds and then create a third as part of it sort of creating like a musical chord in your head but the weird part is that uh, uh with all of that and when, when they were doing that stuff it actually ended up with them uh sort of tra training and traversing these levels of the out-of-body experience and here's a couple of things that they actually uh, ended up uh talking about in in these different levels the park is one of them a kind of shared imaginary imaginary world where people meet and create objects environments and living beings monroe visited beautiful natural settings here now, he also visited the library, uh, a place containing all knowledge where Monroe could call up any information. 
he suggested our higher selves may gather information there. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, the Void, Foreign Planets. Here we go. Alternate Americas. Monroe saw variations of Earth where history played out differently. He saw worlds devastated by nuclear war. Okay, you get what I mean. And so this is, that's the part where I was like, wait a minute now. That is very Philip K. Dick. And how come we have these two entities, people, not related, maybe knew each other, maybe didn't for all I know. But how come they're sort of channeling the same ideas and even suggesting that they're seeing these these places in, I don't know, the mind's eye in the case of Philip K. Dick or even directly in the term of the out-of-body experience with Robert Monroe. I don't know. You think it is a coincidence or you think that there's a, a just something else here that's like, yeah, maybe we should think about this a little more. I don't really know. As usual, I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubledminds.org. We'll put you on the show just like this. I did not ban Axel Steele. Axel Steele is on Troubled Minds. What's up, brother? Are you there? Always a pleasure, my friend. Um, and you. And you. Appreciate you popping uh, in here. Uh, what are your thoughts? Go ahead. Um, I, I'm actually quite interested in what you just said a few seconds ago. I mean, to what extent was this guy a contemporary of Philip K. Dick? I was mostly coming in here on the Philip K. Dick angle. Uh, it was about similar. So uh, the, the Journeys Out of Body, I believe, was published in 1971. That's going from memory. So let me actually uh, check, double check myself on that. Uh, but I think so that would put them kind of in the same time frame like actual contemporary. So I'll check that as you're, as you're uh, getting going on the Philip right. K. Dick stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll back check myself. I'll vamp a bit. The, uh, well, I was just saying that, you know, um, the man, the high castle in the Philip K. Dick version, not the HBO version. I think that's the channel it was on. Um, you know, I think what I felt was most interesting about that book is that the, um, so, so the idea is there is there's this book called like, the grasshopper something, which is this alternate history within the world where the axis has taken over the world. Um, but what we learn is, is that that world and that book's not our world either. Um, you know, it, 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 because, you know, this was like mainly early sixties. And so, um, even in the fictional book in Philip K. Dix's story, um, isn't our history. It's a different, it's a different history. I think it turns out like, the English Empire genocides a bunch of people and stuff like that. And uh, the character within the Man of the High Castle book uh, says that he just, he didn't write it. It was given to him from the I Ching Oracle, which is a um, Chinese method of divination involving sticks. If anyone really wants a lesson about it, I guess some other time, come to the tarot card channel. I can tell you about it. Um, but, um, but I do think that, uh, I do think that's kind of interesting where, you know, even Philip K. Dick felt that the alternate world wasn't our world. It was some other different role that in many ways was worse than ours, better than ours. A little unclear. It was very early on in the Cold War. So it's a little unclear how he thought things were going to work out. Yeah, he's got a, an infamous quote where he, he exactly suggested that. And he said, if you think this reality is poor or terrible you should see some of the others as as a quote i i butchered that but that was basically the essence <laughs> of what he said is that uh, hey uh, things here aren't as bad as you guys think they are and so contemporaries let's see uh uh dick was born in 20, uh, 1928 uh, passed in 1982 
uh, Robert Monroe, born in uh, 1915, passed away in 1995. So very much contemporaries in terms of writing. 1971 was correct with the uh, my guests there, my hip shot with uh, Journeys Out of Body and <laughs> Philip K. Dick. Uh, so 1971, Philip K. Dick actually was publishing stories, of course, in the late 60s and um, into the 70s and 80s. So I, I think I think saying contemporary right there would be probably accurate in this case. I mean, correct. I, I, I mean, all, all evidence seems to indicate that way. I, do you, I mean, um, do you think they were just doing this sort of narratively? Like, you know, they have these alibi experiences to find stories to tell. Do you think it was just maybe a muse? Or do you think they were really contacting other places? I, th- I think it's very different. And I think that's why this is fascinating as hell to me, because for for Philip K. Dick, it could have been the muses. It could have been, you know, that just whatever he was locked into something. And as you said there, he very much believed that these were places not here. And so he was writing about them as having some experience of seeing them sort of with his mind's eye, I guess. But again, Robert Monroe, very differently with the out of body. Have you read any of his stuff, by the way, Robert Monroe? I, w- I would think that's no, right I'm afraid. I mean, my knowledge of outer body experience stuff is um, not that um, intense. I have not read his stuff in personally. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I would recommend that first one, 1971 Journeys Out of Body. It's kind of written as a journal, so there's like, you know, you can kind of skip around a little bit and, and choose your own adventure and, you know, just kind of see what he was up to in different different oh, may- time oh, frames. Hold on. It's pretty cool. Hold on. Maybe I, maybe I have. Isn't he the guy that said he was like psychically protecting John F. Kennedy? I read that part. If he's yeah, the same that, guy. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I read that's that part. A, shout, shout out to uh, Rohan. He's the one who mentioned that. Like that type of stuff, like the astral bodyguards and this type of thing. And, and basically so, so worlds within worlds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I so, some of it. Uh, fair enough. And so, very different things here. So, one's channeling through his mind eye, and the other one's actually leaving his body and finding these places somewhere out there in the astral plane or in the, you know, in the many worlds theory uh, cosmos, whatever the hell that mm. looks like. But, but it is strange that they, they both saw similar things in terms of those alternate Americas as part of the process. So, so I don't know. Why is it different? Is it, is it again like a, maybe that idea of something being? in the air like we've talked about in the past and maybe they were mm-hmm. both kind of sniffing it out as uh, maybe new science new science before the new science exists or or uh, maybe they didn't know each other and maybe they were like uh, you know uh, yucking it up and having dinner together for all i really know but but the idea that uh, the the, the re- these meta realities themselves are malleable that takes on a whole new thing here because if we're talking about many of them and even overlap in some cases, as Robert Monroe suggested, that uh, we have a, a massive problem on our hands, or maybe not our problem, but maybe our problem becomes somebody else's problem somewhere else <laughs> in, in, in the multiverse. I mean, well, I guess maybe I missed this, my friend. I mean, like, okay, so if these other realities are malleable in a way that we can influence them, but it does seem that our ability to influence our own reality, like directly through will or whatever, is limited. Is the fear that there are other entities that can manipulate our reality that way, or is is I'm, I'm a little, I guess I'm a little unclear what the fear is. Well, not, not fear. I mean, not a direct fear. That that's actually my uh, my sort of wrinkle on top of this. Sort of the the, the malleable meta realities as part of it. So I don't know. That's that's just a trouble of mine. So no real basis in fact there. Just uh, that's that's straight maybe juice all the way. So, so so no, uh, yeah. I don't have any documentation to back that one up. I'm sorry, my friend. <laughs> I mean, but, I, uh, mean I mean, I, that is sort of an interesting idea in the sense that 
you know, perhaps just because of our nature, we're grounded in our reality in a certain way. And that means our ability to influence it is very limited. But when we go to other realities, we have, they're much more dreamlike to us. They're not where we're from. And so we have more power over them. But that the obverse would be true for entities from those worlds coming to us. Maybe the those entities can't really change anything about their weird, you know, I don't know, Cenobite hell world like the Hellraiser movies or something. But once they get to our role, well, they got a lot more freedom of action. And I, I think that actual that actual sort of two way play, I mean, could be like an interesting concept for like a movie or a novel or something. Yeah, yeah, it could be, and I, th- I think that's why uh, this space here is 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 wild because we get two different people basically channeling. I mean, I, I'll bet you there's a third here, a third individual that I'm missing that might might kind of fill this out nicely. But that 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 whole idea of seeing other realities, including uh, you know different wartime uh, expectations or results, as uh, the man in the high castle mm-hmm. and realities within realities. With a, what's that grasshopper uh, book? What the hell is that thing called? Oh, it's, I think it's like the grasshopper's burden lays heavy. I think or something like that's the book in the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. The, the grasshopper, grasshopper lies heavy. Yes, indeed. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I mean, that's the type of thing that just it's it's just basically the mind screw, the eternal mind screw of okay, so uh, are we in that base reality as uh, as has been suggested in the you know not just many worlds theory, but also the simulation theory as well. But I don't know. So so do you think there's a connection here? Uh, again, this is heavy maybe juice, but how come they're seeing the same sorts of things? Do you think there's there's multiple ways into these places? Maybe remote viewing, can I say it? Remote viewing, uh, the mind's eye sort of situation like Philip K. Dick downloads, but then also being able to go out of body and, and maybe visit these places. How, how does that fit? I mean, the problem is you have the boring answer and the more exciting answer, and the evidence lies up on either end. I mean, the boring answer would be something like, well, obviously, you know, the anxieties of the age, you know, what's in the pop culture, what people are talking about, that's what people are going to experience in their meditations, their guided dreams, their weird drug trips, which Philip K. Which, which Philip K. Dick did a lot of. He was an LSD guy. But, um, but it's also true that if these other realms are real, well, then, of course, they would people would see similar things, right? If there's like an overrealm of, um, you know, let's take Stephen King, for example. He's obsessed with the idea that there's this realm with spiders in them that we go after we die, comes up over and over in his books. I mean, but if that's true, then like, yeah, lots of people are going to talk about spiders <laughs> because like there's an overrealm of spiders. When we die, we get eaten by spiders. That's Stephen King's thing. You know, if, if that's true, then I guess we all would be seeing that when we you know, explore these kind of differentials. Well, that, that becomes another fascinating wrinkle here. How come that arachnophobia is kind of built into people? You think, you think it's a, let's go super weird and call it cosmic. You think there is a place like that? Because maybe not before Stephen King, maybe Stephen King conjured it and then uh, kind of baked it into our reality. You see what I did there? Yeah, but, but I like spiders. So I don't get mad about them. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to really poison a spider in my house. I'd try and like catch it and leave it outside. But I'm, I'm not particularly scared. Are you scared of spiders? 
Not really not for scared. me. Not scared. You know, like like I, I scream a little bit and then jump up on a chair. But I mean, that, that's, that's about as far as I go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, but still, they, they give you the creeps, right? They, they, they definitely give me the creeps. So, so I'm not sure yeah. scared is the word. But let's say uh, if a giant spider larger than you've ever seen uh, oh. was right near your face when you turned your head to the door and it was on the door. <laughs> well, I would say that uh, that exact thing isn't probably the best situation in the moment. Not great. That'd I mean, less, less less scared of it than a tiger. Um, more yeah, scared sure. of it. More scared of it than like I don't know um, a cow. <laughs> I wouldn't want a cow in my house either. That'd be pretty scary. But, oh my lord, what's happening? Um, it's a, it's a, a tiger. The new take. Tiger definitely. The new real quick. The new take in, in a bull bull in a china shop. It's a, a cow in Axel's house. <laughs> Oh, no. oh, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> Although a tiger, completely terrifying. If a tiger was in my house, I would be like, well, I'm dead. I can't. There's nothing I can do against a tiger. A giant spider? I don't know much about giant spiders. Maybe we can figure something out. But like a, a tiger? No, I'm just going to get murdered by a 800-pound feline. Nothing I can do about that. Time to get yeah. murked. Just like, just <laughs> like gotta, stick breed. Murked. Oh, well, you had to go there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, hey, I, I, I live he in Vegas, die. man. He didn't, die. he didn't die. He didn't die. He's fine. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so so what else we got regarding this? Like I said, maybe it's just a contemporary thing. Maybe it was sort of the anxieties of the time, sort of the zeitgeist uh, speaking through these individuals. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is a sort. But that would still be, dare I suggest, a meta reality of sorts with sort of you know that in the air situation of different uh, artists or explorers, let's say kind of coming to similar or even let's say greater than similar conclusions in some of these cases. I, you know, I guess what I would say to you, my friend and our audience is like, you know, I, I'm the materialist here, but I've done like guided meditation and, and I do lucid dreaming. And I do think if any of this stuff interests you, there's nothing wrong with meditating on it or trying to fall asleep and thinking about it. And, you know, seeing if you can get any insights from your own uh, mind and if you are have a more expansive view of what's happening, maybe, you know, visiting other places and getting views from there. Um, you know, I don't think that's bad. I mean, I mean, maybe even only in the same situation, like what else are you going to be doing when you're falling asleep? Like you just want to have random dreams. Want to have a dream about exploring the pyramids of ancient Mars? Go for that instead. That seems more exciting. Maybe maybe that'll speak to you better. So um, I guess that's what I would tell to people. If you think this is useful, then, then go for it. Knock yourself out. Try and, try and project yourself to Jupiter. I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to take what you say as like a literal truth, but you could, maybe you could still do it and have feelings and pains about it. And <laughs> it's all bare. And No, I, I don't actually, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm sounding shittier than I am. Um, but, uh, but I do mean that is, that is, that's a thing you can do. Try and... Uh, try and do that. Try and pull your cold experiences into things that you can uh, learn about stuff. Go for it. Love the dreams. Who am I to stop you? Yeah, right. Unless you're the, the dream fun police, but I'm pretty sure you're not that I, guy. I, I am not. Have fun in your dreams. 
There you go. Have, have as much fun as you like. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it, it's basically the wrinkle here. I noticed a couple sort of parallels, like you said, with contemporaries, uh, but also experiencing similar things in very different ways with the, their medium of channeling or whatever this is. So I think that's really part of the problem here is that with me, it's just a similarity. And I'm like, wait now, but how deep does it go? And of course, you know me drinking the maybe juice as we do. So here we are. I, I appreciate the call. What else you got? We got about a minute and a half left if you got anything else to add. All right, 90 seconds. Um, well, you know, I, I guess alternate realities make more sense to me than time travel. So I was going to build like a, a, a rule about them or something. But no, I, no, I, think, I think this stuff is perfectly fine. I mean, there were a lot of people like, um, oh, I can't remember his name. There were a lot of people in that era that were sort of doing similar things. And it's fine to... It, I sound like I'm trying to be paternalistic. It is fine to explore this stuff. If this stuff is helpful to you, if you're getting useful information for it, go for it. Explore it more. Um, even I, even I dabble, in it, dabble in it from time to time, so don't let my general naysaying put you off. Maybe you'll learn something interesting. I have, which I will not discuss on the show right now. So, but <laughs> some other time. <laughs> some other time. All right. Uh, do me a favor. You've got homework, if you dare so choose. To accept the challenge, yeah, I, I, uh, do, yeah. do some do some uh, some some Robert Monroe journeys out of body and look at some of the protocols and see if you can actually uh, leave into the astral and uh, report back to me. You got that? <laughs> I'll do my best. Once again, uh, Mike, always a pleasure. I'm going to dip out. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it very much. That's Axel Steele. You know him. You love him. He's a he's a dear friend for a long time. He's a uh, the official dungeon master of Troubled Minds. When we do some D and D stuff, you'll see him pop in here. Uh, very very keen on the uh, the actual parapolitics stuff. And and we're due a JFK show by the way. So November's coming up, and it's going to be the anniversary again of the JFK assassination, which we did a show on that. I think probably five months ago now with Axel and I. So maybe we're due for another one. Appreciate the call, my friend. Uh, if you guys are into that, go go back into the archives and uh, listen to that show with Axel, as you probably should. And so tonight we're going meta, but not like the meta, not like that, that crappy metaverse that Mark Zuckerberg made. Not that, not that, totally not that. We're going a different sort of meta, meta realities. Now, again, three connections, two people, and of course, how does consciousness impact all of this? Number one, Philip K. Dick channeling different realities different time frames not here number two robert monroe seeing similar things through out-of-body experiences number three is there a bizarre connection of them seeing similar things with different methods and does it have to do with consciousness itself now let's pour maybe juice all over this mess and talk about are these meta realities malleable through our conscious experience if we're able to perceive them 702-957-1037 this is troubled minds i'm michael strange don't go anywhere looks like we got uh, alex and your calls as well don't go anywhere more trouble minds coming up appreciate the call axel be right back
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are talking about alien, the alien abduction phenomenon. The aliens are, are looking through your eyes and they're accessing your optic nerve. Through that optic nerve, they're transferring to your brain. Receiving memories, or ideas, or images. Broadcasting live from a secret bunker just off the extraterrestrial highway. Somewhere desert sands outside of Las Vegas. From somewhere in space-time, loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. And asking questions of you in earnest. Into the digital darkness. Good evening and welcome to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're taking your calls as we discuss the idea of meta-realities. A couple things at play here. So, I was recently delving into some wild things regarding Robert Monroe. We all know him as the out-of-body journey guy, the the expert of modern times regarding the out-of-body experience. Now, he wrote several books on the thing. He founded the Monroe Institute. 
where still to this day they're teaching people how to sort of uh, achieve this hemi-sync situation where it, it can be learned supposedly to actually rise out of your body and visit other places including with enough training visiting places that are let's say cosmically ubiquitous meaning that's uh this coffee shop or you know a, a very beetlejuice people waiting for the train and sort of a purgatory-esque hall this type of stuff and again like if you look at some of the places like the park the library the planning realm the bands of color energy pools the void alternate americas foreign planets and of course seeing the future and visiting the future this is the type of stuff that makes you go hmm now what's happening here and that's the part that got me i was kind of digging into this a little bit and i found out that uh, he did see alternate versions of america as he's doing this out of body stuff well that made me go, wait a minute now. You know who also saw some of that stuff? The, the, the individual that wrote Man in the High Castle. That would be Philip K. Dick. And of course, if you're familiar with just the, even the basic outline of that story, it is as if the Axis powers won World War II and what uh, America would look like under that uh, rulership, that regime. And so, well, it seems to me that through different methods, Philip K. Dick, like uh, Axel said uh, rightly, that he was an acid guy, an LSD guy, very, uh, you know, sort of uh, channeling from other other ways and writing fiction. But uh, uh, Robert Monroe, on the other hand, was practicing out of body and they were seeing similar things. Now, that's what makes my tinfoil tingle, because does this is it just a coincidence, I guess, is the question. And in a larger sense, when we're talking about these meta realities, is it possible that we can actually even influence them? And then through that, uh, let's say, cosmic butterfly effect, even send ripples into countless realities with a single reaction if we're out of body maybe if we have to channel something we have to do something i don't know just maybe choose questions i don't really have answers here love to hear your thoughts at 702-957-1037 click the discord link at troubleminds.org we'll put you on the show let's go to uh, alec in virginia what's up my friend you're on trouble minds how are you and go right ahead hey i'm great uh this is perfect i tuned in right as you were mentioning philip k dick so I have his exegesis in front of me, actually. I'm scanning through it. I'm about 90 pages in. It's a thick book. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I've got some uh, some here on the counter, too. Which one do I have here? Hold on, let me see. I've got two, actually. Let me grab them. So I've got uh, the, the three stigmata of Palmer Eldritch, and I've got Ubik, U-B-I-K, right here. I haven't read either, but uh, they're definitely on the list. But yeah, amazing stuff. Now, what's your take here? Uh, clearly, he was seeing something, channeling something, dare I say. But do you think it is related? Take it wherever you want, of course, but uh, that's, that's the basis of this. But if you're a Philip K. Dick, uh, go right ahead. Yeah, um, so... I guess it was mentioned that uh, Philip K. Dick was an LSD guy. And in fact, um, well, I think that probably one of the basic um, psychedelics that isn't always mentioned but is extremely important is the DMT also, especially when talking about the out-of-body experiences as well. And of course, these states can be experienced without ingesting drugs but they, they are chemical reactions that we experience in our bodies because we're chemical beings. Um, but, uh, like, I definitely um, see the connections between these different possibilities. And one thing that really makes me think about that, especially in Philip K. Dick's time, um, is, like, the MK Ultra program with the LSD. 
And um, I think a really good way to look at this is that, like, actually using a very extreme condition for humans is, like, wartime. Like, that was a very, that was post-World War II going into Cold War era. Talk, he talks about the Soviets a lot. Um, and their, like, uh, experiments as well. Um, and I think that the human memory aspect of this, and he mentions the Akashic records, um, which are like the collective experience, but also the individual human experience. Sorry, if you heard my timer, I got a pizza in the oven. But like the individual human experience seems to be very malleable. And I think one interesting way to look at this is what happens to the individual human when they go through a um a survival experience or like or through a time of survival experience and how does that affect how they tap into different memories and outcomes and i personally believe that like relating to string theory that like it totally makes sense for them to, for there to be like possible other possibilities that do legitimately exist because if they could possibly exist then they t- technically would legitimately exist yeah, yeah, 100% well said. Uh, you need a second to grab that pizza. Don't burn that. That'll be tragic. It's. I got like five minutes on it. I'm, in, I'm just standing in front of the oven. I'll, I'll okay. take care of it discreetly. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> all right, just making sure. Uh, nothing freaks me out more. I'm, I'm the tinfoil hat guy. Nothing freaks pizza. me out more than a burnt pizza. Yeah, totally. hundred <laughs> percent. All right. So yeah, uh, so I, I think you're right. There, there's a lot of things at play here. And Axel brought this up as well. Uh, sort of that cold war, maybe that the sign of the times, like, like I descri- described earlier, it's maybe the feeling of being in the air of sort of expecting a different reality or even conceiving of them as just conceptual thought. Now, but with that, it gets weird because by thinking of these alternate realities or thinking what might have come to pass if history was a little bit differently, in the larger sense, the many worlds theory are uh, many worlds theory. Are we actually manifesting those realities by thinking of them, by considering them? And again, we didn't get ex- like an exact uh, Monroe uh, PK Dick here thing uh, that was that was identical. It was just similar enough for me to go. Wait a minute now. So, what do you think is happening here? Yeah, I totally think that the the human mind is like a magnetosphere, and it it's like generating. Uh, quantum possibilities. It's a, it's a quantum computer. It's using wetware. And um, anytime a quantum possibility is sufficiently theorized, it becomes a, what do you know, possibility until due to the observer effect, it is um, scientifically observed. Um, and then it becomes either a reality or not a reality. But that sometimes that's easier said than done. And in that time between determination, it becomes like, let's say you've got like 10 different possibilities that have come up and somehow they all share like a 17% likelihood. Well, you might start without being able to like confirm or deny anything. You might start living in a reality where all those things share 17% of the world simulation processing power and you have to live in a reality where all of those things are simultaneously 17% true. Which, which, which freaks me out because 
how, how does that even fit into a larger construct? I think when you sort of start doing the mind screw math on that, and I'm not even a mathematician, but I think, I think the control mechanism at play there would have to be beyond immense, beyond human reckoning. And that's, that part to me is kind of, uh, let's say, almost as disturbing as that pizza being burned. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we got two minutes on the pizza. And this is why I believe in a higher power, because I think that, like, the human experience is extremely limited. And, like, we live in, like, constant a constant state of being at the mercy of, of our environment, as powerful as we are still I believe that we kind of require that higher power to like live and have a narrative that has any like hospitality involved. I mean, even earth is just a miracle, just the way that it's presented perfectly for us to exist on. But I also like the idea that we might evolve enough to in the future kind of interstellar style, be able to interact with ourselves in the past. Um, and that, you know, I, that's a legitimate possible. I'm watching this pizza carefully. Don't worry. It's one minute. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, oh, I do like, I do I like the time as a flat circle. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Something really interesting back to the idea of like just using wartime as an example of like when potentially things could be in massive flux, like, and that, example of like thing multiple things being possible and real at once all right pizza time um like i was playing call of duty which is right out of the mk ultra playbook by the way and they have a halloween special very spooky and um one of the things that happens is you can shoot down a ufo um not that dissimilar from the pentagon like footage if if you actually saw it and then when you shoot down this UFO, what's in it except for the meme alien from Mexico? Like he pops uh, out as a collectible and you get a certain amount of money for him. But what's so interesting about that is that there is the whole portion of the game right now is about uh, the cartel. So there's actually, you know, I bring that up as like, okay, that's funny. Video game has a meme alien. haha, And it's like a good gimmick, except like what better place to put this stuff than quote-unquote speculative fiction or science fiction. That game is basically science fiction in a way. And it's like, we that might not be the exact, it might just be a funny story and everything. But I remember we talked about that alien on the show and whether or not it's real. And bringing into the idea of like meta-realities and everything, these memes are really important to track because when you're in a certain state of mind where they're just memes to you, it, they can like lock in your mind. And then when you find yourself in that flux state where you're either perceiving other realities or other locations or anything, they're really good anchor points to try to make sense of what you're experiencing, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense here. And uh, meme magic is, is that thing that's a, it's, it seems circular. It seems like we've been dealing with this for a long, with this, this idea for a very long time and how it fits into the larger scope here. And I think super fascinating. You talk about wartime as a more malleable situation in, in those terms. Uh, that's, that's straight MK ultra. That's trauma. That's uh, you know, fear. That's the control mechanism that I'm, I'm always on about. And maybe just, maybe that's why 
as part of the let's say control of the world the the ha 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 controllers of the world they understand that when people are dying uh, things are these these shifts can happen shout out to Gigi and the crew over there but I, I think maybe there's something at play as part of that. And, and I think you're right. It's, and it, it has a lot to do with trauma, I would guess. It has a lot to do with the, the control, the fear, all the rest. But, yeah, uh, well said. I think you're, you're on to something. Yeah, and I think you're, you kind of elucidated that with, like, saying that when people are dying, these things happen. Because, like, stuff happens like, um, like the soul, like the people have, like, measured the, an amount of the soul leaving the body or whatever. And like, you know, um, other things like that. And I think that like to like bring it back to like 2001, like nine 11 type attacks and like that sort of thing where people get like massively, uh, have like massive trauma induced. I think those are ways to like shift, like a controlled way to shift, whether it's a planned event or not, like to control the narrative because, you can take control of those possibilities and move things in a certain direction if you're of that that echelon that is aware of that. So, like for example, what's going on with like with Israel right now? That's a huge, huge, huge deal from the from the human perception sense, from the trauma sense, from the narrative perspective. And like, if you look at the bigger picture here, like, what is that really saying about how? like we're going through this period of time, which by the way, Philip K. Dick also talked about how he would jump from like 10 AD to 1974. And it wasn't just him jumping, but rather as if time itself had jumped and everything in between is just a fill in. And like what, I think a lot of this comes down to stories like and narratives because well, humans are basically like narrative driven beings. We have this very minimal, perception machine that we use to feed into a goop blob that tells us what's happening. And so we rely really heavily on like a thread for sense making. And I think that um, what's going on is a lot more complicated than we actually perceive it as. And that's why the meta reality idea comes into play because it's kind of just like dark matter very easy thing to point to like 97% of what's going on is not being necessarily put in front of put them put in front of us we're having to kind of sift through everything and pull that information in order to have a normal quote-unquote experience whereas what's actually happening is probably more like what a what a psychedelic trip would be like you know, a lot happening, a lot of sensory information that we don't necessarily know, know what to do with, but most of the time we have filters that block that out. Which which means that uh, as a way to get in, as we always talk about MK Ultra for the masses, the this this trauma, so, and sort of a being able to change reality just based on those types of things. Uh, let me let me. Uh, you brought up Israel, and I uh, I talked about this the night it happened, just in brief. But it, but it affected me. I mean, when that happened, I was like, really? Like, the, like the, you, you, you keep rooting for, for the world to just stop butchering people. 
And then the world just keeps yeah. finding new ways to butcher people. It's just like, come on, guys. Like, this this is where we're at. This is really, the, 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 this is 2023. It, it just seems so barbaric. But, uh, you know, in some places, well, uh, it is. In some places, it's less. It's it's that sliding scale of uh, control and trauma and madness and everything else, man. It's uh, it, it affected me. It's affecting the world. And, and I don't know what to make of it, to be honest. Uh, and I don't want to get into that. That's that's a nightmare conversation. But, you know, the, the specifics of yeah, that. It is but, a nightmare conversation. Yeah, I hear it, what you're saying, though. I was physically affected and mentally. I was directly affected. I mean, if you think about it, no matter where you go on this earth, you're about you're within like 24 hours of a plane flight from where this is happening, you know, give or take your circumstances and your money or whatever. But it's like I'm just saying that to give a sense of perspective. Like there, like we. That's one thing I noticed is like when also people like ex- experience in the sense of like are proximal to like for example a human or many humans being like frankly destroyed um for the 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 human mind does something weird and it will unless you're like basically trained in uh like distress tolerance and and trauma acceptance oftentimes the the human brain will just like nope away from what's going on and it'll build some some other story so it's like unless we really dig down and look at this stuff like, hey, like we all live on this planet and we're all like basically part of the same organism and maybe we should stop hurting ourselves because it always comes around. Like that's a very difficult conversation to have collectively, but once it once we get there it becomes very easy. And I think the meta reality part of it it's super important for talking about like dissociation for example because in order to make sense of stories like this which a real story like what's going on in Israel we have to look at how, where are the parts of the subconscious is is like storing information and then what's the part of the comfortable story that is like being told to us from our own minds because it's hard to accept what's going on and how can we like compromise and find a, a course of action that will take us back in the right direction without like permanently like irreparably scarring everybody's psyche. Like, I think that's what is really important right now is because like we've got different storylines going, but, but it's all part of one story, which is us as humans trying to get along. So that's my take on that. Which, which seems uh, so simple and also uh, co- uh, like a colossal chasm at the same at the same point. I mean, at the same uh, time, yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah. make the problem any easier. No, not at all. I, I think the meta reality bit and, and brilliant what you said there regarding the thread is is we're, we're all sort of trying to find a thread to make sense of this reality. This, as I say, this very, very, very subjective reality. And some threads are nice, and some threads are not nice. But uh, it doesn't mean if you believe in one that the other does not exist, and that becomes problematic right. in a sort of a converging world. And of course, when we're talking about malleability and uh, meta reality itself, 
we've got a massive problem because we have to figure out how to how to how to handle this for ourselves without like you said scarring our yeah. psyche and not just our psyche here our uh, the, the, the psyche of generations to come because this is on us yeah, collectively. yeah yeah it's, it's it's a shame it's a shame yeah, that, it's uh, we're that still time. It is that time in human history where we need to figure out if we're going to go extinct or if we're going to populate the stars. Well said. Well said. And I, and I think that's exactly where we're at. Uh, regarding uh, full, fully malleable meta-realities, do you think that it is that observer effect, let's say, we think about it, so it becomes, as you described, possible, but then it doesn't become real until, let's say, Robert Monroe pops out of body and sees it. Do you th- then does that manifest the reality? Is that what is that what we're looking at in sort of the metaphysical sense? Well, to a certain degree, I mean that it would only make it real to that one person, and then another person with a different perspective might see it and it might change it. Um, I think it's always important to remember that. Yeah, okay, so yes, that is exactly what we're dealing with. But what's I think the most important thing to remember, and we all have these base memories, in my opinion, is that like there's some very important things that we can reach back into the very human, very early human memories, which is like food, water, shelter, basic needs, basic behaviors. Like before we had comforts and we are always just trying to survive in a very, when everything was strange before we really knew what anything was, we just had some general impulses towards what was good and bad. And we started recognizing things in those situations where we find ourselves in, in, um, like I said before, in flux, if you want to call it that, and you need to make sense, heads or tails, I think it's always useful to reach all the way back into our most pure, basic, primal memories, which I believe we all share to a certain degree, and kind of just ground ourselves and recenter ourselves and figure out what's important and what our priorities are. Because that's the only way we're going to make actual sense of it instead of just arbitrarily assigning meaning to our to our situations yeah based on what feels good or what looks good or uh how's my hair today <laughs> yeah yeah deep, something a little bit deeper than that yeah absolutely uh, you're the best as you as you hear the music we're out of time can you do us a massive favor and just pound the hell out of that pizza <laughs> everybody in the chat's like mm, yeah, pizza. yeah i'm about to i'm gonna put some <laughs> atomic hot sauce on it as well from the hot one show Nice, nice. Uh, Awesome. I appreciate the call. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being you. Always a pleasure. Have a great night. Love you. You you too, bro. That's that's Alec in Virginia. Hey, look, we got all kinds of friends in low places talking about amazing things. 702-957-1037. We're talking the OBE expedition, malleable meta realities, and of course, taking your calls. Be right back. More Trouble Lines coming up. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. 
Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're taking your calls as we discuss a bunch of ideas, merging meta-realities. Now, weirdly enough, Robert Monroe, the out-of-body guru of the modern times, suggests that he saw alternate realities, alternate histories, alternate threads of existence that's us, but also not us. Also in the same breath, because of course it's our show, we can do what we want. Philip K. Dick wrote a very book, a book about that very thing called The Man in the High Castle. Let's go to this real quick. Amazing call from uh, both Axel and Alec. Uh, looking to hear from you guys tonight as well. Let's read a little bit more from the write-up here. So here's the deal, right? So in essence, the writings of Philip K. Dick and the explorations of Robert Monroe offer complementary lenses through which to view the intriguing concept of malleable meta-realities. While one uses the vehicle of fiction and the other the medium of experiential consciousness, both arrive at strikingly similar conclusions. That reality is a far more complex and malleable construct than, we, than we've been led to believe. And within that malleability lies a realm of possibilities that challenges the very core of our understanding of existence. Of course, urging us to explore, question, and perhaps even reshape the layers of reality that surround us. And that's what's on my mind tonight. Uh, just a nor- another normal Monday night on Troubled Minds. So here we go. Let's go a little deeper. In, in a landscapes sketched by Philip K. Dick and Robert Monroe, Reality is not a solid construct, but a fluid tapestry, ever-changing and open to interpretation. Picture, if you will, a malleable clay that can be shaped by the hands that touch it. Dick's characters find themselves entangled in webs of illusion, each strand representing a different facet of reality. They grapple with existential puzzles, trying to discern what's real from what's mere shadow. In stories like Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep or Ubik?, U-B-I-K, which is this book right here. Shout out Jason out there. If you're out there listening, thank you for sending me the book. Thanks for, uh, yep, there you go. I got it right here. The Philip K. Dick. Uh, yeah. So I haven't read that one, but wild stuff in, in, in his writings here. So uh, Dick rep- represents worlds where the boundaries between the real and the unreal are not just blurred, but almost non-existent. It's as if reality is a stage where the props and backdrops can change without warning, leaving the characters to adapt or risk being consumed by the ensuing chaos. Monroe, on the other hand, embarks on journeys that defy the natural laws we take for granted. 
He does not just observe alternate realities in Locale 3. He interacts with them, suggesting a deeper level of engagement. Monroe's consciousness becomes both a compass and a vehicle, guiding him through landscapes that range from eerily familiar to utterly alien. The implication here is profound. If consciousness can traverse different dimensions, then reality itself becomes a responsive environment, a realm that reacts to the thoughts, emotions, or even mere presence of the observer. Shout out, Alec. That's exactly what you were saying. Locale 3, in this sense, is akin to a cosmic sandbox, where the grains of sand are alternate Earths, each susceptible to the footsteps of the wanderer. What emerges from the works of both Dick and Monroe is a transformative perspective on the nature of reality itself. They propose that reality is not a fixed stage, but a dynamic arena that responds to the actors within it. One could even speculate that our minds possess an innate ability to manipulate the fabric of reality, either through artistic creation or in Dick's case, or as in Dick's case, or through altered states of consciousness, as in Monroe's. The very notion challenges, of course, uh, conventional wisdom, pushing the boundaries of what we consider possible. Now we'll get uh, back to this. So mark my place, and uh, looking to hear your thoughts on this. Now, the meta reality business is big business. It's uh, look, look. Recently, um, you know, I've talked to people about what consensus reality means, and some people are incredibly locked in to you know the paradigm whatever marketing campaign reality has been fed to them they are very uh, unwilling to let go even a crumb even a crumb because they it's packed in so tightly and it's been sold so hard their entire lives that they cannot budge an inch in considering that they might be wrong about a quote objective reality consensus reality but of course if you're like me i'm not going to say i'm i'm just different uh, different enough where you know you guys are here listening and calling and i appreciate that a lot uh, but different enough that uh, different but the same okay meaning that uh, you're here for a reason i've said this a lot i said say it in the intro i'm here for a reason too and i didn't know it then but I do know it now. I'm here for a reason. There's a reason for all this. What it is, I don't know the end. I don't know the beginning. And of course, well, I do know the beginning of my story. But even then, was I purely conscious before I had conscious memory? I mean, I don't know. Like, so, so as everything, reality itself is blurry. It's blurry. What's up? Shout out Lily in Australia. Everything's blurry. It's this big mess of uh, the battle for uh, back to Alex Jones and the Infowars. That's what it's about. And just because you think you got everything figured out today, what if something happens tomorrow that changes your entire paradigm of what it means to be you? It happens every day to people all the time. You lose somebody incredibly important in your life, instrumental, central to what you're doing and how you're uh, reacting. And you've based your life around something, somebody, an, an aspect, an idea. And that idea could be gone in an instant. And so suddenly, the idea of a singular objective reality to me seems absurd because, of course, we're humans and we're complicated and there's a lot to consider and a lot to think about. Now, back to this out-of-body experience expedition and the malleable meta-realities. Is this the actual Infowars? Or is this a true reality with the observer effect and the, the huge, uh, again, sort of cosmic 
what was the term? The the actual um, quantum system, like a larger quantum system that we live in as part of all this. Who really knows? When you talk about the fractal idea of big and small, who knows? Maybe Maybe our universe is a grain of sand. You never really know. Of course, you can't measure a system from inside of it. And that's that. Love to hear what you think. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubleminds.org. A lot of ways to look at this, and that's why we talk to uh, just everybody. You, like I said, you don't have to be um, you know, Linda Moulton Howard, Richard Dolan, have a UFO blog or a podcast or anything to be on this show. You just have to be you. Uh, be considerate and uh, be willing to consider that uh, you might be wrong about everything. Let's go to uh, Matt's Al. Matt in California, what's up, my friend? You're on Trouble Minds. How are you? And go right ahead. Hey, Mike, what's up? Chilling, man. Chilling. I appreciate it. Chilling. Little, uh, just a uh, uh, couple things at play with me, uh, with my reality is that I'm uh, just low on time. And so this, uh, I almost didn't do a show tonight because I didn't have an angle. And then at the last second, an angle came and here we are. <laughs> so I, there I you feel go. you, man. That, there's my reality. Uh, well, well, what I know about this as uh talking about dr monroe and and you know first off i i believe in these alternate realities of consciousness uh but one of the books i read is a long time ago and it's really good on this topic is it's called suddenly psychic by maureen cardwell and it's about this girl and she grows up she's kind of a, you know, a normie right she's based in science and, and religion and she's a science she's scientific minded so she's always trying to explain things, um, you know, trying to figure them out logically uh, in these series of events that happen through her life that are paranormal. And so she becomes a believer and she realizes she has this gift of she's, she's a very powerful psychic and she can traverse these realms through meditation, just like Monroe, Dr. Monroe and uh, Edgar Casey talks about this stuff, too. And she ends up working with Dr. Monroe at the Monroe Monroe Institute in Virginia and um, pioneers a lot, helps him pioneer a lot of his, his experiments. Um, But what's crazy is that she could do this stuff with just her mind, with meditations. And uh, she, she mapped these realities out as, um, as frequencies. And it kind of reminds me of like octaves on, on a musical, on a musical scale how you can go up and down these octaves and she mapped them out by frequency. So from, you know, frequency, this frequency to this frequency is, you know, our reality, our you know physical reality. Um, but the next frequency up is like the plant spirits, you know, so psilocybin mushrooms and stuff like that. The next frequency up is the DMT elves and their whole reality. And, and then like the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, the stone kingdom, and it just, keeps on going up and up and it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different vibrational frequencies that she could I don't know how through meditation she could tune her mind into those realities and travel there through meditation and bring back these experiences now meditation is just one of the ways I talk about the gates when I say the gates I mean there's these gates in our in our mind and we have to find the keys to unlock them. And there's different keys. You have to find the one that's for you. So there's meditation, but there's also, we talk about drumming, singing, chanting, you know, music. Um, we talk about um, 
pain, you know, tattooing gives you a gives you to an alternate state of consciousness, um, sex, um, you know, and then uh, the, then we talk about the poisons, like the five star leaves, you know, psilocybin mushrooms, DMT, those types of things, ayahuasca, that can kind of catalyze list us there, and so it's kind of a, you know, I believe in using like combinations of all that stuff to try to get there. Um, but meditation is one of the most powerful ones. And so just through the meditations, you know, these are um, just different ways of, of, to get to those, those different kinds of levels. But just through the meditations, it reminds me of, in my meditations and my workings, I work with, and it goes up to um, a thing called in high magic. We talk about the, the Kabbalah and the tree of life. And this, um, the Kabbalah tree of life and the Sephiroth. This is a reality map. It's a map of these alternate realities. Each Sephiroth or each little circle is a reality. And you work your way up. You meditate and you work your way up. And, um, you know, this is like a, a, a Jewish mysticism kind of stuff. But uh, the, so the bottom Sephiroth, the very bottom, is, uh, is they call it Malkuth. And that's us. That's Earth. That's our physical reality. And there's as the maps, as you meditate, you work your way up through these paths that go to the next reality, the next bubble of reality. And as you're kind of working your way up, there's these, uh, how you say, um, blocks, like a wall that you have to you know, know the code to get across kind of thing. And one of the blocks, as you go up it, if you're ever looking at a picture of the tree of life, in the Kabbalah, in the middle, there's a, a there's one circle that is clear, and it's called Doth D A A T H Death, and this um, reality is kind of reminds me of like the veil. You know, we talk about the veil, right? Crossing the veil. Now, maybe we could peek through the veil, and that's maybe what some of these psychics are doing. Uh, but in order to cross that veil, that's you know, how do we come back? And I, I believe that this, this wall or this edge of the veil is, is called doth because you, in order to cross it, you need to die. You need to, um, you know, when they say when you die, that, that DMT pops in your brain, in your, uh, pineal, in your pineal gland, the DMT releases through your body. And I think that's the catalyst that pushes you over across that bridge to the next to the other side and of course once you die you, you can't come back it's that veil that we talk about and so some of the meditations are hard to do so i i was going through almost doing each meditations and i got to that point i got to that point of that wall and so these are meditations um they're guided meditations they push you into that alternate state of consciousness and then they tell you what to do and then they kind of leave a gap of music to let you explore that realm. And then they tell you where to go next. And so in the meditation, so I'm in this world and I get to this uh, edge where it's a dock as a pier. And I walk out on this dock to the ocean, to the ocean. Now it's pitch black. There's no moon. There's no stars. It's complete blackness past the out in the ocean. And I can hear the water splashing, the waves splashing against the pier. 
but I could not see the water. And I don't know how far down it was. It could have been right there, or it could have been, you know, way down. And, um, you know, the, the meditations are telling you to cross the water. <laughs> and uh, I got scared. And I said, nope, I, I'm not going to do it. So I sat down in my meditations. I sat down on the pier and I sat there and waited for the next step. And it said, um, if you do not do this, the task, if you don't get to this point, you have to stop. Because if you go further, you, you know, you could be uh, hurt yourself. And so I stopped in a lot of this, um, in this book, it's called the high temple of witchcraft, which is, uh, like, this is like advanced kind of magics, magical, um, the Kabbalist tree of life. And, uh, I read the material, but I just, I couldn't do all the exercises. It was, it's too much for me. It's over my head. And so uh, I believe a lot of these, a lot of these people are doing this though um, it all depends on how far you want to push yourself and go and how far you want to go in these uh, alternate realities sorry i was rambling go ahead now you're good man what are you talking about yeah you, you are uh your 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 podcasting is showing man uh, we're all we're, we're building radio pros all over the place over here uh if you guys don't know uh, matt here has a podcast I, i'm not excusing you one sec i just want to talk about how great you are for a sec uh, he's got a podcast and he's been doing it for a little while now, and he's got a, a bunch of episodes. Uh, go listen to the Temple of the Owl. Link's going to be in the description, or just search it there, just like it sounds. The Temple of the Owl. You'll get Matt Sell here in California, good friend of mine, good friend of the show, and of course, uh, doing doing great work over there. And and I can tell my friend that um, the the practice the practice is showing. There was no rambles at all in any of that. Uh, let me ask you this uh, re- regarding sort of those levels of reality. Uh, if we have these layers and these gates uh, and even pitfalls like you described, like, go ahead and step into the water, my friend. And you're like, hell no, I ain't going to do that. That's like the gate. Shout out rivers, right? That whole the whole business of the water as the portal. Uh, do you think that mm-hmm. there are pit, pitfalls enough, like dangerous things playing these games? And And I mean, you know, frivolously expecting to find other realities without... Uh, well, without 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 being careful, do you think there are dangers out there? Sort of as you leave the body and sort sort of start to see these things. Yes, uh, we talk about it in, in astral projection and rem- and remote viewing as well. Um, what I believe and why I like to talk about this stuff and teach it and, and learn is because I think a lot of people will get into it and maybe dabble or accidentally stumble upon it there's stories of people that accidentally remote view or astral project in their sleep and get get hurt and um you know and what i what i believe i think it has to do with the knowledge first and i think it has to do with what i call it i call it the foundation right you have to have a solid foundation to base your beliefs on and then once you can build that foundation, you can springboard. We call it springboarding, right? Jump on the trampoline and springboard yourself to the next point. Um, but without that, that solid foundation, you could get lost. You, could, you can get hurt. It is, um, you know, even uh, Monroe and, and all of them, Edgar Casey, they all talked about the dangers of it, um, getting yourself in, you know, what's a, what's a bad mushroom trip, you know? Uh, you can get stuck, you can get lost. And if we're talking about alternate realities with other entities, 
just like with us, there's good and bad. There could be bad, mo- bad monsters out there that want to eat you. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Um, I've never encountered them, but you know, we talk about the DMT elves and fairies and, and all kinds of monsters that could be out there. Uh, what was it? The, uh, the cosmic shark or something. Small blood in the water. That, that story. Yeah, the old uh, you know, I, let's go. I, I did believe in that. Yeah, let's go Dungeons and Dragons for a second. We're talking about the astral plane, the astral dreadnought that uh, uh, is limitless and eternal and constantly searching the astral realm with his big uh, crab-like pincers to sever your silver cord and uh, sever you from your body forever. Yeah, uh, and that, that's the type of stuff, right? Like, is it real? Uh, I don't know. Like, have I ever seen that? Of course not. But uh, when we're talking about multiple layers of realities and, you know, that Night Stalker elevator of uh, how, how, how high, how low you want to go in this sense, well, is, is there something at play that may be, may be dangerous? I, I, think, I think actually, to me, to answer that question personally, and I don't answer questions typically, but I can answer them for myself, I think there's danger in anything, in anything we do. And, of course, if you do take these journeys whatever they happen to be out of body or again magical journeys or uh, even even meditative journeys i mean we, you know we we've talked about recently how people can kind of just check out for like seven days at a time when you reach like a certain level and your consciousness just goes dark the rainbow body yeah the rainbow body so i i think there's even some danger there you just spin off and never come back and get lost in whatever that is and so i don't know like uh, it seems stupid and, and kind of trivial and 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 lame to say but uh I think that type of thing is is uh, moderation in all the ways, and you know, growing and changing, and realizing that what you learn today is valuable, but tomorrow it might not be as relevant because tomorrow's a different day. And so I kind of approach it that way, and that's that's the way I see the world anymore. And and reserve the right to change my mind. Amazing stuff. What else you got, my friend? Well, yeah, I think you're hitting on a spot. I think you know, protecting ourselves, and like I said, having that solid foundation um to to go off of before you dabble in anything you don't know what you're doing you gotta remember you don't know <laughs> and so and i don't know either um what you're messing with and a lot of times you don't want to mess with things you don't know what you're doing um so that's why that protection and that guidance and that that knowledge to know you know to learn it first and then that's why we learn it study it and then do the ex- exercises. It's not, they're not throwing you out there. Here, do these exercises. No, they teach you why, um, how and what to do and why it works. And then you do the exercises after the, you know, after the, the initial learning, you do the exercises and then these guided meditations, they're like shamanic journeys, like dreams. You remember them like dreams, but um, having that protection um, of doing it. And I think that, you know, that these magicians that have done it before us, we have to learn from them, you know, learn from their mistakes. And I think that's important to um, just learning about other magicians that have done it, you know, John D, Alistair Crowley, those kinds of people that um, have, have done it and came back, Edgar Casey, Robert Monroe, these people that have done it and brought it back to us, they're bringing it back to us for us to learn from them. And then, have our own experiences. And so I give credit to them because without that, this is the only way that we're going to be able to map these realities out. And that's the only way that we can understand them is by exploring them. 
well, someone has to be the first, uh, you know, pirate, right, to go out, you know? So these, uh, they're like explorers. They're exploring these realities and bringing them back. And that's even with the DMT stories. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing it and bringing that stuff back to us. And that knowledge we could use to, okay, this is what we should expect. Um, if we go there, don't stand too close to that flower or it'll eat you. Kind of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as usual, like a caution, uh, if you don't, if you don't understand uh, the an alien landscape, sort of jumping in head first is is foolish. And alien, of course, just means different. It doesn't mean you know Mars or Alpha Centauri. It just means different, different enough to where you don't know. It's it's like being a stranger in a strange land type of idea, where you you don't know the yeah. rules, you don't know the customs, you don't know the things, and so uh, what seems fine to you may not be fine in stranger in a strange land type of uh, metaphor. And so you could uh, get yourself in some some serious trouble by not even doing anything uh, to you that seems weird or wild or anything. And so, of course, uh, these different realities, meta realities, as we start looking at them, that's a perfect example of a meta reality happening in the real world because they're all over the place. We're fractured. We're different. We're the same, but we're also very different in the customs and ideas and all the rest. It's uh, it's nutty stuff. Uh, got about a minute left. What else you got, my friend? I just want to say, yeah, um, protecting yourself and getting that knowledge first um, before you do the exercises or try to experience things. The more knowledge and the more, um, you know, what knowing what to expect before you do these types of things is going to be good. So read, read the Monroe books, read Edgar Casey, um, learn about the Kabbalah and the um, Jewish mysticism. It, it's it's all there. It's these are reality maps. Uh, maps of alternate realities brought back from other people that have that have gone there and so um, I think we should learn from them as much as we can and, and talk about it and um, I do believe in that stuff um, so to each their own I guess uh, whatever you um, you believe but um, just to know that these are my beliefs and um, I think we should we should um, gain knowledge from them if we can as much as you can. Uh, thank you, Mike, so much for doing what you do, and thank you for helping me out and supporting me. I appreciate that, man. And vice versa. Appreciate it very much. Matt here in California. You know him. You love him. He's got a podcast called The Temple of the Owl. If you haven't checked it out, I don't know what you're doing. Link's going to be in the description, troubledminds.org forward slash friends. It says follow Matt's owl here. Or, of course, just search it yourself. Temple of the Owl. I'll drop the links in the chat as we go. Appreciate it very much. 702-957-1037. We're talking malleable meta-realities. What do you know about it? Be right back. More Trouble Minds coming up. Don't go anywhere. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you. 
we are talking about alien, the alien abduction phenomenon. The aliens are, are looking through your eyes and they're accessing your optic nerve. I'm doing that. Through that optic nerve, they're transferring to your brain. People are and they also feel them planting or receiving memories or ideas or images streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That is KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight we're taking your phone calls as we talk about the idea of meta-realities. Look, a couple things spawn this show. I was listening to another podcast, which I will not name because they do not need our help. They're like 100 times bigger than Troubled Minds. So, you know, and in that sense, well, maybe they should shout us out. But... They were talking about recently the sort of layers of these meta-realities through the aspect of Robert Monroe and the Monroe Institute in teaching people how to access these, well, the, the hemi-sync is what it's called, that uh, the tones in the head and the, the it, it's like practicing meditation, okay? Except it's practicing out-of-body experiences based on, again, back to Robert Monroe, Dr. Dr. Monroe with the journeys out of body and that whole bit. And he is a modern day guru for out of body experiences. Well, it is bizarre that he actually sort of recognized an unbelievable amount of realities. Okay. And just for example, uh, uh, which spawned this, this idea tonight uh, to merge with Philip K. Dick and channeling something from somewhere else. Uh, so Monroe saw variations of earth where history played out differently. He saw worlds devastated by nuclear war. Now, uh, also, so did Philip K. Dick. He, he uh, d- d- dreamed or channeled or w- whatever he did uh, was was contacted by the muses. And he wrote about uh, the man in the high castle. If you guys are familiar with that story, it's, it's as if the Axis powers won World War II and what the post-war uh, actual reality would look like. And Philip K. Dick was dead serious when he talked about these realities being not dreams, not places that are just a manifestation of his imagination, but real places. And even infamously said, and I'm going to botch the quote, but something to the effect of, if you think this reality is bad, you should see some of the others. And he was tuned into something. And how do you describe it when you get two, two disparate things in terms of method? 
Dr. Monroe out of body experiences and Philip K. Dick, a fiction writer that was tuned into Lord knows what really coming to similar conclusions that there are multiple realities. And of course, when you start to look at it in a larger sense, I'm calling these malleable meta realities. And is it possible, as Alex said very brilliantly when he called in, that uh, we're part of this larger quantum system and the observer effect is a very real thing. And by us recognizing and observing these things, we are manifesting them to be true. We are tipping the superposition from maybe to definitely. And of course, we're talking about out-of-body experiences. We're talking about channeling and uses. We're talking about downloads and where ideas come from. We're talking about a lot of things tonight. But of course, I'm undeterred, and so are you. That's why you're here. Mixing ideas never bothered me a single bit. But what do you know about the idea of meta-realities? Do you think actually, somehow, some way, they're all out there somewhere, and they just need to be recognized by us or not? Maybe we're irrelevant to them, and maybe they're irre- irrelevant to us. How does it fit? How does it play? I don't really know. Love to hear your thoughts anyway. 702-957-1037, meaning I'm not really looking for truth itself. I'm looking for ideas and possibilities because that's what this show's about. Let's go to David on the road. Uh, I, think, I think you're taking a break just to call us. What's up, my man? How are you tonight? Hey. Go right ahead. Yeah. I'm doing good. Just uh, this is an interesting uh, subject. Uh, the um, you talk about how these two guys come up with similar ideas at the same time, and it just brings to mind like spooky action and distance or, or relativity and these different you know different things that uh, seem to indicate um, that there's a connection you know with, with people and 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 like for instance like people could be have like minds not even related in different parts of the world and could be thinking about similar things and they can both come up with the same conclusions at the same time. Um, and there's, there's things like that that happen throughout history where, you know, uh, people come up with the uh, ideas at the same time. And it's, it's kind of a wild thing. Um, like calculus was, you know, discovered at the same time. Um, Different things like uh, uh, color photography was invented on the same day by two different people. Uh, just uh, wild things like that. And then you have like, uh, uh, you know, like twin brothers dying on the same day, you know, and different, different things that, uh, connections, and, and it makes you wonder about, about the matrix and the whole idea of a simulated reality. But, but you know, it's, it's hard, to, hard to really know what what is really being fit together and what we're really uh, experiencing in this, in this, this place we call, you know, planet earth, you know, it's, it's a, it's really a a tricky, tricky thing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. It it is weird. It is weird. Real quick. You you brought up like the twins and this type of thing. I don't know if you heard this story and I don't know if this is true or propaganda, but there's a headline that goes back to 2014 twin brothers separated at birth reveal striking genetic similarities. Uh, meaning that uh, they they ended up with like um, you know uh, let's see they had uh, ex wives that were named the same they had uh, the, their current <laughs> wife was the same name like like the, their kids were named the same things and, and they were separated at birth so they could never really have contacted each other to script this cosmic yes, play or whatever and so so I don't know how true that is of course because of, because propaganda nonsense and clickbait but I mean at least back to yeah, 2014 actually, I, 
Yeah, I Sorry, saw that uh, on a. I saw that on a. Uh, oh, some kind of um, show on television, and they uh, interviewed the two people, and yeah, they were separated at birth, and they ended up marrying the same named woman, you know, and and uh, they they bought the same kind of car, and they both built a project. Uh, it was like a like a bench around a tree, at the same time as well, and it's it's some kind of connection between their you know their consciousness i guess you know that that would only seem to make sense to me i don't know it's it's uh yeah. it's pretty odd yeah it's incredibly odd and and i mean just just the the coincidence involved there is like mind-numbingly stupid but like mathematically that's that's a no that's just that, that's just a no and so that's why i'm like mm, was this nonsense propaganda was this some concocted story was this I don't really know. As usual, look, I'm, I'm suspicious of everything anymore because of the, the world we live in. But it is an old story. It goes back to 2014 when this headline hit. So you know, let's give it uh, the simpler times, 19, uh, 2014, <laughs> and say that it might, yeah. it might be true. I'll give it a maybe. But yeah, wild stuff. So, so what about the layers of these realities themselves? How does it fit? And do you think that we can reach them? And not only reach them, do you think they care about what we do? Or are we actually, again, malleable meta-realities is the term here. Are we actually influencing them somehow? And is it reciprocal? Are they influencing us becomes the, the really bizarre question here. I would say, yeah, I'd say both both are influencing each other. Um, there was a movie not too long ago called Another Earth, and it was about a a, a, a character in the movie um, won a contest to to go to this other Earth that came into existence. It's like just showed up, and it was at the same distance as like the moon from Earth, and so it was another the same Earth. It's like a duplicate, and they had the same people on the planet as there are on this one. So it was like, it was like a um, copy practically and just little things were different. Um, and so she had made a mistake in her life. And so she wanted to uh, have penance or, you know, yet uh, feel better about, you know, make, make corrections and, and do, do things right. And so um, uh, it was a very, uh, really good story. Um, definitely worth a watch. Um, but the, I'd say the connection between people and our, uh, our spirit, I guess you could say, uh, we have that ability to, to somehow line up and, and, uh, connect without, without ever knowing each other. Um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Um, I'm sure we've all experienced that that phone call that we get when we're thinking about someone before, you know, they ever called, and they just call within moments of us thinking about them. Um, stuff like that uh, happens all the time, doesn't it? It does uh, enough that uh, it, it's a thing. It's a you know very much the, the deja vu experience, but in reverse. It's like a, you're, you're, there's some precognition part of it, uh, which is interesting too regarding the precognition bit. That uh, there was a, the, the podcast I was listening to. They don't need our help. They're way bigger. I'm not going to mention them just because, hey, come <laughs> on, help us out. But uh, but the deal is this. There was like a in this, this Robert Monroe type experience of going to the Monroe Institute, learning the Hemi Singh stuff and doing all the things. 
uh, there was an individual, uh, and, he, and this guy wrote the book, and they were talking about it in the podcast, but he had this experience where he was out of body. He finally learned how to do this, and he was in this space with an individual that, like, threw the earth at him. And he was like, what the <laughs> hell? And it hit him in the head. And, and he's just like, what, what, what is going on? And then he kind of like snapped back to his regular body. Well, then they go and do their debrief after the end of these classes or whatnot. And uh, then somebody, some woman uh, t- talks about, uh, you know, some, some transcendent experience she had and, you know, met like a loved one, a passed on loved one type of stuff. And everybody was kind of in shock because, you know, uh, they share their experiences. And this is, this is the entire reason the woman was there. I digress a little bit. But the reason why that's important is because everybody was sort of off, you know, tears in the room and, you know, people were just excited about, the, you know, getting results and whatnot. And then one of the people in the place is uh, through they're like, hey, uh, whatever the guy's name is, and they threw a ball to him. And so everybody was sort of kind of in like this shock space, and the ball hits him in the head because he's, he's not, you know, kind of, th- he's, his wits aren't about him. He's thinking about the experience of the woman and the, the emotion in the room. It turns out the ball actually was a, an earth-shaped ball uh, and had <laughs> like the, the earth, the globe printed on the ball. And so, right. so, so it, it was like a precognitive effect of uh the out-of-body experience but 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 how and how do you interpret that and how does it fit into the larger sense i don't know because if we're talking time dilation and things like this like so suddenly things get weird and slippery instantly when you're like okay well there's one thing if time is linear and all the rest and we kind of dip into a time frame and dip back out of these alternate realities in an out-of-body experience or even seeing them through like a philip k dick type channel but then what if you can fidget with the temporal uh, displacement of, of visiting these places and be like, well, that's a really cool reality, but I wonder what happens a thousand years ago or a thousand years from now in that reality. And I guess maybe Merlin or the Buddha or whatever might be able to pull something like that off. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could probably, you know, communicate through dreams and stuff like that as well. I mean, I remember I had a, I had a dream where I was, I didn't know what the dream meant because I didn't know what I was, I was participating in. I, I basically I had this job where I was slicing up. It looked like carpet, but it wasn't carpet. Because later on, I had the same job, and I was like, "Whoa, deja vu!" So this this wasn't carpet. I thought it was carpet in the, in the dream that I was cutting up on this machine, but it turned out to be vinyl. It was vinyl uh, swimming pool liners, and um, I was working for this job building these vinyl pools and um and what's interesting is that the uh, my mother had passed away uh quite previously to this job um so so somehow uh, the dream was you know uh telling me about the future which was kind of strange um yeah it's 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 really odd but um I've never had a dream like that where I was premonition of the, of the future. That's the only one I've ever had like that where it showed me something in advance uh, that I would be doing. And I didn't understand it until I was in the moment and experiencing it, um, which I'm oh, okay. It's not, it's not carpet. It looked like carpet, but it's not. It's final pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's right. so funny. That's a, yeah. uh, I'm making a note. I'm making a note. We're going to do a show about reverse Deja vu. Hold on, I'm gonna do this because that's just kind of what this is, right? It's it's sort of like a, it's it's a temporal dilation, but it's so minuscule that you don't recognize until it happens, and it's uh, even sometimes frivolous in terms of, you know, you're like, well, that was weird. Like, how did I recognize to 
even tune into that when that was going to happen tomorrow. And it's such a, like a tiny thing that doesn't seem to make sense or matter about anything. So I don't know. Hold All on. Right. Reverse, reverse. Let's see. Reverse. Deja vu. All right, there you go. All right. There you go. There you go. Hey, uh, pioneering new ideas, bro. This is why we do it. Uh, what else you got? Go right ahead. Oh, I, I, I don't have much else. Um, I got to get going on the road again. Uh, I'm a little overdue, but I'm good. <laughs> get, get, well, a uh, get a bro. Get a I appreciate you taking a break at a call and uh, drive safe out there. Be safe. I'm going to gush about you and tell everybody how great you are. Okay. Uh, get your ass back on the road. Uh, there's there's uh, people that need eggs tomorrow morning. Go get it to them. You're the best brother. I do. All right. Have a good night. Thanks a lot, you too. It's David on the road. You know him, you love him. He's got a YouTube channel. Check it out. Link's going to be in the description. He's part of that invisible process I'm always talking about. A truck driver taking things to where they need to go, uh, to where people will need them. Uh, Troubledminds.org forward slash friends. You can see David playing guitar, building guitars. You can see him some of his shenanigans on the road. Go give him a follow. Let's let's help all the friends and do all the things. Troubledminds.org forward slash friends. It says follow David here. Please do that. 702-957-1037. We're talking about these malleable meta realities. Now, is this too much for you, or is it not enough? <laughs> Let's find out. Let's go to the mighty Rohan. What's up, my friend? I see there, Joseph Iowaks. Hang tight. We'll go to the bottom of the hour, okay? Uh, Rohan, what's up, my friend? You're on Troubled Minds. How are you? And uh, go right ahead. So, Michael, yeah, I'm really enjoying this one. It's a cool show, this. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, there's a little bit of a in the back there it's a it's just kind of a room hiss just to let you know but you, you sound fine so regarding regarding the, the 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 meta realities how does this fit into the, the rohan world what, what what does this mean to you my friend well um yeah it's well pe- people brought some um, some comments up here i made a few notes if that's okay i'll just uh blast through this i thought that that twins comment was a good one from um from david from David there, because I was in, intrigued with that, and I remember then he took my mind to that movie Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that was that became the plot twist, doesn't it? The connection between the two of them, even though they'd never met, and he'd named his cat Julius after you know Arnold, and it goes back at the end. So, and is that is that kind of link in the, with the Twins thing? I think that's almost like a a bit of a a bit of a smoking gun in terms of data. What do you think with the twins phenomenon? Yeah, I think so. But, but I, I, the, the part of the problem is like we got small sample sizes because how many how many twins do you have separated at yeah. birth and that type of stuff? You know, so so it's really difficult to, to quantify that on a larger, let's say, scientific scale. But I think the anecdotes are enough to go, hmm, like WTF is happening here. But uh, so there are connections that we cannot see. And this was said over on Rockfin, uh, by the way. So uh, who said this? Uh, you said this. You said this on Rockfin. I, I don't think we are seeing everything we are experiencing. And that would be part of it. Sort of this, this DNA connection or, uh, you know, back to that idea of our DNA memory and epigenetics. And there's some things happening that really are inexplicable in terms of human reality. And I think that's why we need to talk about these things and kind of maybe put two and two together sometimes. And look, even if it comes out six or eight or whatever, you know, maybe we're multiplying instead of, you know, adding. And that's the type of thing that, uh, like I always say, we need to be unafraid to be wrong because uh, being wrong uh, is usually if you're seeking and searching, it's the precursor to being right about some things. So, so definitely the way to go here. But uh, what else you got regarding this? I know. So you're the one who turned me on to Robert Monroe journeys out of the body. And uh, I started reading that because of you. 
What's your take on how it fits with the Philip K. Dick bit? So Philip K. Dick was channeling something, sort of the muses or who knows how he was doing it. And then Robert Monroe was actually doing the out-of-body experience, but they came to similar conclusions in terms of alternate realities that were achievable to visit. How, how do you think that plays out here in, in terms of explaining the differences between the two? Well, okay, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm glad you brought it onto that one. I think it play. I think it plays out. Well, for one, I think they both was pulling from the same source, so that's why probably why they had similar ideas, which I'll, I'll sort of get to. But I think it was calling on the same source. But this this is was with my thinking with the Philip K. Dick thing. It's a bit like, um, did he did he was it? People speculate it was a, probably an inspiration for that TV show Sliders, where they literally could open a portal, and it was you know opened up a doorway to parallel earths so it's you know the multiverse thing and they're all slightly different you know of course one of them's got to be where the nazis won and it's all kind of far right and that sort of things but they go through all these different um so sort of alternate versions but it's because it's a doorway it's like almost like the mirror you know is that thing about the mirror the thing the other the thing on the other side, and I wonder, well, if Philip K. Dick inspired sliders, what about Fringe? Because that was another situation where you've got an alternate Earth and you've got this other, okay? And there is this other, like, in the kind of, like, in the, you know, the Irish mythology, it's like this thing of, like, the little people in this other place, okay? And in the Fringe TV show, uh, that's J.J. Abrams, I do believe, but there was a special drug that allowed some of these kids that had done testing on, there was like honing them just right to be able to go to this other place physically. And and, and I find this, I don't know if this is intentional, but the, the drug that they invented that was going to be able to let them do it was called Quintexophan. And Quinn is, is Quint, Quintet. It's the number five. And in numerology, five is the number of freedom. So I wonder if that's one of them sneaky little Easter eggs where these people have really looked into this stuff, you know. It, it seems like there are some Easter eggs in terms of uh, pop culture and the things that we're watching. It's like, it's like, hold on now. Like, like, like really? Like, like who, who, who's the demonologist that's writing this stuff? Because I'm telling you what, <laughs> there's some weird stuff happening when you watch these movies. You're like, wait, come on now. Who's, who's putting this in the movie? Stop. Yeah, the fringe was definitely a fun show. What's up, Dark Times Archive? I see you there. But yeah, uh, about a minute left, uh, and you're welcome to stay if you got time. Of course, I know it's late for you. But uh, what else you got regarding uh, any of the rest of this? Philip K. Dick, uh, Robert Monroe, uh, out of body channeling. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, just for good to break. Um, yeah, I think I think we we definitely can influence these places in some way. I don't I don't know how much it's going to influence you know change things on a grander scale, but I think we can influence them because we can interact with them. And they can influence us, you know. So I think it's it kind of works both ways. And so then there's these layers that you can get access to. And I think that's what some of these some people are tapping into it and writing about it. When Robo is trying to map stuff, and I think that's that's where it sort of goes. That's that's where I wanted to go to next, actually. So maybe save that for after the break, a few minutes, just wrap some points up. But yeah, I think yeah, we can definitely interact with these other other layers, and they are there. So what, what, what did we ought to do about that, Mike? Uh, well, I, I think we should consider the concept that they might be real. I think that's a good start. And again, not, I think, uh, as usual, we talk about sort of uh, the dangers of these ideas. Uh, is 
you know, uh, losing uh, our grasp of what reality is. I, I think that's always a danger, uh, no matter what you're doing. Like, look, I mean, people do it with politics. People do it with, uh, like, other nonsensical, uh, I don't know, people do it with fashion. Uh, people do it with all kinds of things. And so that becomes problematic in the long term of, uh, you know, sort of breaking down reality and that balance back to the balance i don't know i don't know it seems generic and boring to say it but i think it is definitely critical to what we're trying to do here not just us i think the rest of the world needs to hear it now stay right there we're here with the mighty rohan we got joseph and iowa coming up as well tonight we're talking about meta realities and are they malleable and can we not only sense them can we see them can we manipulate what's happening there and is it reciprocal 702-957-1037 click the discord link at troubleminds.org we'll put you on the show be right back more on the way don't go anywhere Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're talking about meta-realities. What the hell does that even mean? You know what's funny? Nobody really knows. It's all conceptual, except Robert Monroe of the Monroe Institute, the out-of-body maven, actually labeled these things as particular places and was able to visit them and replicate these experiences and not only replicate them, teach other people to find them as well. Now, how does it fit into what we're talking about in the larger sense? There are other ways to see these places, apparently, because Philip K. Dick and Robert Monroe, again, Philip K. Dick, the science fiction writer, Robert Robert Monroe, the uh, out-of-body maven of modern times, uh, seem to have similar experiences regarding alternate timelines. Talking about America, uh, you know, shelled in a nuclear war, talking about America as uh, what would happen after if we had lost World War II, if the, the Allied uh, powers had lost to the Axis. Uh, it's, I don't know, it seems strange to me that through different channeling aspects of uh, this, these meta-realities, they came to similar conclusions at least in the sense that there's other places out there, other realities that are quite a bit worse than our own. So what does it mean for base reality and what does it mean for us? 702-957-1037. Back to the mighty Rohan and we got Joseph on deck as well. Go right ahead, sir. What else you got? Hey, buddy. Yeah, thank you. appreciate that. I got your echo right here. Go ahead, sir. I wasn't even going to say it. I was just going to let it slide. <laughs> I got it, buddy. Uh, as soon as somebody starts talking about this, when I double check, it's all good. Go ahead. <laughs> what you I know. got? <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it became a thing, didn't it, for a bit. I thought, no, let's just not even mention it. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, different layers. I was on about different layers before the break. I think you can influence these things and um, how. Uh, I, I often say this, but I think you're supposed to, or you can, or it would be a good idea to, if you can go to these layers, then, you know, you can kind of stack it up like in the video games. If you've got an intention to do something, you know, you could do your magical ritual here and then do one sort of in, if you can astral project, do it there, you know, sort of, sort of stack these things up. But also somebody made, somebody called in earlier. I can't remember who it was. It might've been Alex. 
who said that uh, Maya Bialik that said that there was an influx of things happening during wartime, and maybe that's why you're getting some of these kind of phenomenon and stuff going on. And I thought that's that's a really really interesting. That's that's quite. I think they've hit a nail on the head with something there because that's true. That when there's a lot of stuff happening, Terence McKenna used to talk about the universe as if it was a kind of a novelty engine rather than there's a thing called, I think it's deism, where an old thought of the universe used to think of it like, like God's cosmic clockmaker. So it makes this perfectly functional universe, winds it up, and then just walks away sort of thing, like, you know, wind up the toy and let it go. And then eventually all the stars will burn out and it'll go into entropy. It's like the you know tech kind of takes got out of the equations, kind of left, right? But but McKenna was describing it more like a novelty engine, like and and so that that's your like your, your falls of civilization, your peaks and troughs is where there's lots of stuff going on, and then then things collapse, don't they? And then something new comes along, and then and then things kind of collapse, and and that's what where he came up with his time wave zero, and he said there come a point where everything's just moving so fast, it's almost like it gets ahead of itself. And everything then becomes in pure f- kind of flux. Do you know what I mean? That's where he saw all of it as, you know, that that mind calendar thing. It lined up with the same time and is that. But he said, no, it's not the end of the world. It's kind of the end of time. It's kind of where time, where time does, goes kaput. And so it must mean something new. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think what it is for me, I think what it is, and it and it comes on the graph in science, is that we're about to, we're in the midst of tapping into the same thing the ancients were tapping into and it's this this we call it magic or or is it these other worlds that are being envisioned by philip k dick or these other worlds that apparently are being visited by robert monroe i think it's that thing that unspeakable unknowable other thing it's the magic stuff it's that this is why i'm always bang on about it it's what was called by Aldous Huxley called it the perennial philosophy like weeds that keeps coming back it's been known as the primordial tradition the secret wisdom the forgotten truth the ancient theology yeah the 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 ancients called it the the prisca theologia the 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 wisdom teachings of the ages is this thing that goes away and comes back you know yeah, or one of my favorites, C.S. Lewis, a deep magic from the dawn of time. I mean, it's 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 the same circular idea that, like you said, it does it does kind of vanish, but then it does come back. It, it always returns. And so, in the world of AI, I wonder how those two worlds will meet. Uh, that's another show for another time. Amazing stuff. What else you got? Go right ahead. Yeah, just quick. Yeah, I think they might meet. Then I'm well. It's starting to look to me like they might meet. Where well, you mentioned the metaverse kind of thing, but well, not the Zuckerberg metaverse. But maybe that's maybe that's how to make it not suck, right? Because may, and then maybe this is how we get people to invest in in studying this stuff because you get these in extended DMT uh, states that are starting to get studied in science, and we're getting consistent entities turning up. The same ones then different people are reporting it like no these really are realms and and we're starting to map them again in western science and we've got all this kind of old artwork so i'm thinking well you know is is this is this what the future is going to look like is it going to be a where we, we start to do this chemically are we starting to look can we do digitally with computers are we going to start giving people real metaverses 
that are these kind of psychedelic experiences. Maybe you can get the program where you can start learning to remote view and it's really realistic and maybe that can train you to really do it or, you know, whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Are we getting this crossover? Because the technology is there. We've got crazy technology to start doing some of this stuff. So is there a way that we can get studying these things and get the money into it by turning it into almost like an arcade game for people? Do you know what I'm saying? Because you can do it chemically. And then remember, you covered a shout out to Michael Strain. You covered one where they were saying that they could kind of sell people drugs in the metaverse. It's kind of saying using yeah, uh, binaural know. beats, it's, which, by the way, traces, yeah, yeah, back, yeah. traces back to the hemi-sync, which we're talking about with the, the out-of-body experience, too. So, so how about this is the trick. This, this, is the, this is the cosmic joke, and the cosmic joke is this. The trick is to get you into the actual VR metaverse where they can sell you binaural beats, which are digital drugs. And the digital drugs are no different than the hemi-sync sold and pioneered by one Robert Monroe for an out-of-body experience. Thereby, here you go, write this down for a fictional novel in the future, or maybe tomorrow's reality, thereby forcing yourself out of your body in the metaverse through a VR experience for a walk-in. Now, your, your vessel is empty. What are they going to fill it with? <laughs> the best, bro. Oh, you've double <laughs> inside that inception yourself. Yes, indeed. I don't even know what I just said, but I, I know it was good. So I'll have to rewind and kind of, uh, anyway, <laughs> just, just an idea. Just oh, that's an idea. when you know it was good. <laughs> it melted your brain on the way out. It was that hot. Nice. There you go. I like there it. You <laughs> there you go. Yeah, amazing stuff. I, I appreciate it very much. As you know, we got calls. We got to, we got to scoot. Uh, your final thought here Excellent. on all this. Do you think that, uh, do you think we got uh, meta realities in play here? Yeah, I think something's coming. Something's coming. It's going to manifest in some way. And we've got the digital age now. So in some way, in some way, we'll have, I, I'm starting to think we'll have some kind of, you know, like Japanese cartoons, futuristic. We'll have some kind of neo-magical, glowy, floaty cities in this, where everyone can do magic to a certain degree. I think it'll be that kind of thing. Have these cyborg augmentations that will help you as well. You know, it's coming. That's what I reckon. Anyway, it's coming. signing yeah. off. Watch Cheers, your man. step. Watch your step out there. You're the best, brother. Appreciate it very much. The Mighty Rohan, you know me, love him. He's got a podcast called the Exiled Minds Podcast, EMP. It's an EMP for your brain. And he's been instrumental in my right-hand man in the radio station. So a lot of things that are happening there, uh, again, the commercials, the montages. He's doing a new show called The Rohan Report. If you guys have been listening, it's amazing. And, and no pressure to continue that, my friend. This is kind of like one of those experiments where we're like, well, let's see if this works. And he's like, he's just like putting up new news every day with The Rohan Report. So, so do check that out on the radio yeah, no station but yeah i appreciate it very much but give him a follow again link's going to be in the description down below search it the exiled minds podcast you can find him on twitter and all the places most importantly follow him on youtube and follow him follow his podcast download download the thing he's here on the radio with us as well but uh rohan been lighting it up he's making my my life look uh my life changed incredibly because of this uh, just just a juggle in things and uh, I got this job. Like I said, you guys know I'm working a day job. I race home and I eat something real fast and uh, talk to Mrs. Strange for 10 minutes and then and then put a show together. I mean, if I was good, I'd be like a couple days ahead. But uh, we're, we crank so many ideas so fast that it's, it's hard to stay ahead of this. And so uh, without Rohan, the, the radio station would be nothing. It would be a, it would be a shell of whatever it was. 
but uh, because because he's here uh, again, uh, plugging all the right things, doing all the right, pushing all the right buttons. It's still a thing, and uh, so I appreciate that very much, man. Without without you there, this this thing would be falling apart. So I appreciate you so much. Give him a follow. The Mighty Rohan, the Exiled Minds podcast. Links in the description. You're the best, brother. Appreciate it very 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 much. Cheers. Thank you, mate. Have a great night. 702-957-1037. We're talking meta-realities. What's that look like to you? Let's go to uh, Joseph in Iowa. Thanks for being patient, my friend. You're on Troubled Minds. How are you tonight? And go right ahead. Hey, I was thinking, okay, I'm thinking about my experience, right? So you were talking about time stopping. And, like, I saw a lot in a little bit, right? And that's, like, that's, that's what happened, right? Like, it was just, like, just a lot of speed, going through until what seemed to be nothing of my, like, you know, and then like I came out of it. Right. So like, if they can control that, I wonder like, like if, if there's like, what happens if you were to like wake up midway or like, you know what I'm saying? Like if they were to start doing this stuff, like experiments and, uh, like, could they like sentence someone to like, like that? That's the first thing I was thinking right before this. I don't know. My mind's kind of been shooting everywhere. Could could they sentence you to like, uh, your own mind, like in the court of law too? Like in the future, like they'll be like, all right, dude, you're doing a hundred years, man. Like, what do you mean I'm doing a hundred years? And you wake up like five seconds later, and you're like, please no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No more. Yeah, I'll never like, do it you know again. What I'm saying. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. That's that, that's that time dilation aspect of we as humans experience time in a very human way, but time can be experienced differently. I think we, we did a show. We didn't do a show directly on what you just said, but it, it was sort of a, a, a tangent to what we were talking about. I can't remember what it was. They all blend together at this point, but that that did come up. And, I, and I'm not sure if that's a Black Mirror episode or something to that effect. I found an article where they talked about something to, like that, where they're like, okay, you screwed up, dude, and we're going to put you in That's the metaverse. In a movie. Yeah. Oh, was it in a movie? Uh, what was the movie called? I, I think it, I think it was in a movie. I, I've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, I don't know if it was like part funny, part serious movie. I see. I see. Uh, uh, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Like that, that type of stuff is going to be real where you can dilate time in the human mind and make it seem like, uh, you know, six months have passed and it's like 10 seconds. It's coming. Because well, basically, if we have this super. Sorry about that, but like, if we have this super consciousness underneath us, we wouldn't need to go. Like, we could shoot there and back and come out as quick as we can, and like, we wouldn't know it, but we would pick up so much information. You could do that safely, you know, about your if whether it be yourself that you're learning about, or like. I picture it could be like an update, like a forced update, you know, like we update each night, but like you could do like updates on the go and stuff. Yeah. You don't know what's wild stuff. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say that, you know, what's wild about that. So if time actually passes slowly enough in the respective space and you still have your full autonomy, it means that you can absorb data faster. Meaning, meaning this, so if you're sentenced to 100 years, you'll probably come out of there insane. But if you're sentenced to six months, and it's like five seconds, you can read six months of books while you're incarcerated, and then come out smarter five seconds later, six months smarter in five seconds. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> There's a good way to look at this, too. 
Yeah, that's to say if you don't, like, if they can make the books and stuff, like, if you're actually going somewhere, like, that's constructed rather than, like, your own whatever you create or, like, I don't know how they would guide it. But, like, I I see, like, it as, like, like a painting that we're making right right now and that's a design and once we open up to the design it all floods into it and it like precedes it so i wrote or i didn't write uh we we have this uh church and it's we use it for something else now and there's a door down the hallway and at the end of the hallway right this door is bright white so like i had a story right there's a worker there that was talking about a white dress lady and I was just talking and I, and I like before I even uh, brought it up. So like our, like, I know you were talking about that. Our brains, this can latch onto things, but since we're using different ingredients, but it's kind of relevant, you know, cause we all live together, like in on the same planet at the same time, it can kind of seem connected. I think that's a theory to me, but like really we're, we, we have this design, you know, like a grid and, and it's like putting a oil painting, like a pastel oil painting and then putting a, a black hole in it and it just starts sucking all the design, right. And turning it into whatever else is inside of that. Like it's like splatter paint, you know? Yeah. I follow you. You, you just inspired a show, by the way, I made a note. I called it uh, temporal overpopulation. <laughs> uh, this is why we talk to each other. Look, we inspire the hell out of each other. Amazing stuff. I, what I mean by that, of course, is uh, what if uh, what if we could uh, disperse uh, in the you know uh, wink wink um, the dark times of the the uh, what was that the Georgia Guidestones and be like, well, we don't really need you know depopulation. We just need temporal dispersion of human souls. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Yeah, but, I uh, but but why not? Hey, you 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 said it. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm just latching on to what you said. What else you got? Go ahead, sir. I I mean, I do I do think it's pretty it's insane, right? But like you would have to do it like if you did that willingly, would it? Like, what's your mindset going to do in there? You know, because most people that had these experiences in the past, they didn't. And maybe they did know, like like you were saying, that they were doing these in the past. But like I'd imagine, the majority of people, you know, weren't expecting it, and that really plays a toll on your emotions. But once you hit that that speed of no, where time stops, you have nothing. Like you're you're just like a goldfish at that point. So like are you a bullet on the train or can you observe around in like, or is it your other layers that are going around? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Either, I had but... a dream one time that we were on a light path. Like it was like a, it was like a hallway with no walls, just like the, the fade of darkness got like away from the light. And like, I just walked the purest route. Right. And I saw that the people were turning left and right and they were getting lost and they were like fading away. Right. And then it, it led to seats. Like these are like dreams. Like 
they like I, it led to a seat and then like I was sitting there trying to talk to this guy right but I feel like I could like feel something in him like I felt like I wasn't just talking I, he was blank like had no face but like I felt like I was communicating like a one-way thing like he was like looking at me like I was crazy like it's like this dude's communicating with me you know what I'm saying <laughs> and then like I realized he had no face and I woke up and like, uh, like, I don't know, like there's just like so much weird things in the, in the mind to say, to say like, I don't know, it'd be hard to uh, get out of that, that, those patterns. If, if you were just tapping into those, like you could go very uh, mad doing that. Yeah, well, that 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 becomes like, part of like, the problem. Yeah, like like kind kind of overstepping uh, anything. Like, like, look, you can exercise is good for you. You can over exercise and hurt yourself. I, I think, like I said, uh, the most boring thing you can say to anybody is, "In all things moderation, Joseph." It's the most old man get off my lawn thing to say. But also, I think in all ways it plays. I'm a poet. I don't even know it. What else you got, sir? Go ahead. So I do wonder if you hit that final time stop and come back right like um like like how how would they how would they know like if you were to advertise like complete knowledge it would have to hit the end and back right like you'd have to turn you yourself into a jumpsuit so how many people do you think would be able to survive that probably not many you'd have to probably be trained for that i'd imagine like that would be terrible on your, like you're running your system. I, there's people that do like DMT, which is kind of gives you similar experiences to these. And I mean, I'd imagine that it could fry you out in one go. Like you just won't like chemically mix back. Maybe when you die, that home is gone. You know, you're, you're chasing that light. But once you die, it turns out that light's not even real. And you just, in a coma, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of ways to look at the world. And I think that's why, uh, sort of merging these ideas and even, uh, you know, considering the old ways along with the new ways, uh, gives us, you know, a certain amount of power. It, it's, and I mean that in the nicest way, not like power to take over the world. I mean, power over ourselves and understanding kind of both things still play. And we're, we're in the middle of a, a huge mess of whatever consciousness is, and who knows, these meta-realities are uh, sort of swirling around us all the time like whirlwinds. And I think we need to be cognizant of those things because, you know, you, you can do a bunch you, of terrible, terrible things. Do you think they things. could pull you in? Like, if it was a construct of your mind, do you think, like, uh, imagination, like you were saying, uh, what were you saying, uh, your guys' uh, tulpa or whatever it was called? Herman. The, it was like an H. Herman, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, like, do you think a Herman could wake you up or bring you like develop the sentience enough to communicate with you like in their world like like call you to their world well that, that becomes you know? part of the thing so so let's say that the herman that was robert monroe's was communicating with philip k dicks 
And so maybe they were seeing the same thing for exactly that reason, not because they were doing the same protocols per se, but because let's say their tulpa, their larger cosmic self was communicating with each other without them even knowing on a subconscious level. And that is a whole other thing entirely, of course. Yeah. But do you think like it could like wash, like, do you think like real or not, like if it did wash this reality away, would this reality even be real? And that reality, that's what really like baffles me. Like if you were, if like what I saw was reality basically turning like washing away. Right. So like, it's just, it's so like, it's so bizarre, like how real like this stuff is that like, I think it will be used for power if they do have the tech to do it. Like hopefully, like, I don't know, like if you could put a price on that, you know, that's pretty messed up. Isn't that the price of like, let me ask you, my friend, like what, what, someone's, what is the price of a human soul? Right. It's like, that's insane. Like, <clears throat> like, would that just be something that you can get or like, like an option that you could just get for like a benefit, like a perk, if you want to risk it, or like, will it be like someone's patented, uh, device or like rhythm? Uh, Cause that would be kind of messed up. That would be like, like, like the total recall is what I think. Like when they have the facilities where you can like experience different stuff and then it's private companies running it. It's kind of sketchy. It's coming, bro. It's coming. Like the, all the, all that stuff that we watched like 15 years ago, like 15 years from now is going to be legit real, which is the wild part about all that. They're like, Oh, in the year 2488, we're like, no, nope, 2030. <laughs> That's it. Well, bad. yeah. Like what happens if you tell someone also, like you're going to see something in there and what it is, is a God to you. Okay. And then you see it and he's like, Oh, that must be the God. And you come out of there. I saw him, you know, you're going to like, that's, that's control right there. Exactly. You know, you can control the imagination before you even send someone in there. And you know, you could be like, Oh, you're going to fight for like, it could be like total recall. They could, they could feed you and send you into these things and you come out and like, you'll experience these uh like video games but i think they would be more real than you think like i think so it's scary it's incredibly scary and if we look if we don't see it coming it's gonna sneak up on us and uh we we will be the mark it's important to talk about these things it's important to think about these things you're the best bro stuff as you know the music is playing we're just about out of time thanks for the call uh always yeah, a pleasure easy. you have a great night i'm going to talk all, all kinds of great stuff about you have a great night brother that's uh jo- joseph went to iowa you know him you love him he's got a youtube channel called io walks i-o-w-a-l-k-s give him a follow links in the description troubledminds.org forward slash friends this is why we do this to meet amazing people thinkers dreamers and of course trying to peer over the horizon of what comes next futurists esoteric futurists i don't even know what the term is i just know the world's changing fast and if we're not thinking forward we're going to be the rubes that get wrecked that's how i see it yeah i said it r-e-k-t wrecked get wrecked uh if you're listening on the radio thanks for being part of this you guys are amazing 
Every minute you listen to us on the radio, by the way, the radio station has 24 hours of programming, not just Troubled Minds, Troubled Minds and Friends. Please go check that out. You can find it at TroubledMinds.org. Click Listen Live up top. You'll find all, all what we're doing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm do it. I'm going to abide by the rules and get us out here before the commercial break. Because at some point, there's going to be a show after us, and I want to make sure we stick to the rules. So there you go. So thanks for listening on the radio. Smashing the buttons, doing the things. You guys are incredible. We'll see you next time. Have a fantastic night. KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Yes. Ah, yes, indeed. And so the show's over, right? We're done. No, not so fast. <laughs> not so fast. Don't even think for one moment the show is over because sometimes we pull we pull a, a wild card out in the very last moment. We're like, ah, it's late, it's Monday, and uh, we're all going to bed. Nope. 702-957-1037 is irrelevant because I'm shutting down the phone lines, but it is the phone number to call if you want to be part of the show in the future. And that's that. However, we do have a last call. One final caller. And of course, let's do it. Uh, let's go to a, a, a good friend for a long time, an amazing thinker. And uh, of course, you know where you love her. Let's go to uh, the Arcane Observer, Jen in Missouri. What's up? You're on Troubled Minds. How are you? And go right ahead. What you got for us tonight? In Missouri. Do you like that? Did I do it right? Well said, Mike. Did I do it right? Strange. (laughs) I guess I don't know. Yes, I think that's correct. I guess it's some. No. Um. Yeah. So remote viewing. I mean, the question: Are we convinced? You know, I know that the general populace is not. You know, they're not thinking about remote viewing. That they're actually doing it. Um. I, I. I think that. It makes me think of the studies I've heard about where there have been people that were given, like when the military was doing research about it, and they would give um, these talented individuals coordinates, literally just numbers on a paper, and they'd have them to focus on them and relax, and then tell them after a period of time what they saw, and they would describe the coordinates um, of a location on the on the earth itself at the given time you know that was listed on the paper or um, at the current time and they were actually they weren't even aware of what they were you know they weren't aware of the target it was complete blind testing or the studies I had heard about and these were I don't know these individuals most likely were already talented but that's something to do their human inclination to be able to do this can we be convinced of it that it's true? I you know I have never, I've not really, I'm not aware of an exact circumstance where I've ever had a remote viewing experience, but I have had, um, and I'm not gonna, it's not neither here nor there, but where, you know, and I think people, a lot of people may have had this experience where you think that, um, like you have a dream and uh, you share it with somebody and they're like, oh my God, that's crazy. Cause I had a very same thing, you know, or, it was similar to that. But the, I, I've always wondered about how it'd be possible that you would do remote viewing. Like, what would be the catalyst for it? And people who do uh, biofeedback and remote viewing professionally would, like, balk. <laughs> the way that we're talking about it, probably, because they are so... I've talked to people that um, do biofeedback and um, do... They teach it. 
and they are so serious about it and it's they i'm not sure exactly but it makes me think then that there is a whole congregation of people <laughs> that are doing this and they're very serious with it and they are spying upon the populace <laughs> like in some regard yeah, yeah and i am that, certain that, of it that's the worst part so, so if you could freely remote view wherever you wanted to instantly snap your fingers anywhere in the universe there, anywhere <laughs> in the multiverse that, that means that means there's some some weirdos in the room right now watching me doing what i'm doing right and like as, hey, no. hey you weirdo remote viewers stop watching my ass this is weird yeah, stop, stop it watching. stop it go somewhere else do some other, do something productive but i mean that becomes the thing and i did ask that to dr courtney brown of farsight i was like hey so uh, is this happening all the time? And let's say somebody was remote view spying on you. Would you know? Yeah. He's all, yeah, you see them. He's like, once you, once you're sort of trained in this aspect of how to do these things, they're there. They're, they're like sort of temporally yeah, can... there or not temporally, yeah. uh, ethereally, uh, yeah, whatever the word is there. And you, you notice them and you're like, Hey, uh, bro, like, I'm taking a bath. <laughs> Stop it. This is weird, right? This is weird. Uh, but that becomes the thing, right? So it's the ultimate, if this is real, and many, many things suggest it is, of course, many people, uh, again, the government and MKUltra and all, all the stuff to uh, Stranger Things and Montauk and all that stuff suggests some of this stuff, at least elements of this stuff is real, then it is the ultimate spy mechanism for sure. Because you just go mm, Cerebro style X-Men and uh, now you're spying on it. Well, they get in the mood. Like, they get themselves into like a mood. Um, they have like a whole way that they do. Each one has a different. Some of them have um, specific things they set up in place around them. Like they create a type of atmosphere to do this. Some don't need anything like that. So, I mean, these different people who the people who are doing this work. Come from all walks of life. And um, it's it's really strange, though. But I mean. It does make you wonder about the paranormal experience where people report things like where, um, like somebody literally open, like the door opens and it closes. You hear footsteps across the floor and then the chair starts rocking back and forth and you think that's a ghost, you know, but who's to say, you know, if you were to go over there and reach out and they can actually touch you, literally reach out and touch you. Like, um, in a lot of these spiritual accounts, spiritual but is that the case or is there but i have always always wondered though and this was something that i've never really got a clear answer about was um when i was trying to figure out by what mechanism are you seeing like by by what means are you seeing the environment the surrounding environment when you go to these locations how are you seeing and there's not a clear answer about that, but I, it made me think of walk-ins. That somehow, by some ability, they are utilizing the ocular, or they are maybe even of a... I don't know. See, it goes into things like warging, or something like that. Like, are you somehow going into, like, a fly on the wall, literally? Like, do you fly across, the like, the astral plane, and then bing, bang, boom... Like into like something like a bird that's sitting on a tree limb watching this environment and that's how you're seeing. Or do you need a host to see? Like does your soul need or not soul, it's not the soul. It's some aspect of the mind or something. I don't know. It's hard because it's trying to figure out the most important thing is if we're going to because are we convinced? And I think a lot of people would be like, Well, I'm not able to do it. And it's like, well, most people don't try to do it. And on the one hand, that's and those true. that do 
yeah, most people do not sit down and try to, and they cannot, because of these types of studies that they have done, that are, that, ha, that are, have, they're done. Um, but the kinds of studies that were being done that now are in practice, they were check and balance. So there was somebody at those locations to check and balance and test whether or not that actually is what was in those locations, and it was. And that yeah, applies so, to the, yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, if, if they're, they're there sort of in the ethereal space or whatever we're calling this, and they can reach out and touch you. Uh, in, in that book, Journeys Out of Body, uh, Robert Monroe actually describes a situation where he was uh, sort of there with a friend of his. It was a female friend. Was it was not weird like that? He wasn't like spying on her in the in the bathtub. No, or something. it wasn't like, weird like that. Uh, it wasn't weird like that. I'm just saying, like <laughs> the, you mentioned, you mentioned female friend and people get weird, but I, but I'm just saying that like he described specifically that he was like, okay, so I know this person and this person knows me, and I wonder if this person senses that I'm here in the room with them, and I kind of want to leave a mark. And he reaches out and he pinches her, like on the back somewhere, just pinches her. And so as sort of a, okay, maybe she'll remember this aspect of me being here. And that sort of mark I leave will actually uh, sort of cement this as a real experience, okay? So it turns out, you can look this up yourself, it's in his book. And he, he basically, yes, like it, it confirms later. And she's like, yeah, uh, I felt this yeah. weird presence. I don't know who it was, what it was. It didn't feel friendly. It felt neutral. It felt, I don't know. I wasn't scared, but then yes, I got pinched and what in the world? And, and, and it blew his mind, even his mind. I mean, we're talking Robert Monroe, the, 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 again, the modern out of body experience guru. That's like. Ooh, and that had to have locked in for him in the moment. So if, if you can do that stuff, I mean, we're talking the force ghost from star Wars. I mean, shit gets weird, Jen. Shit gets weird. I'm thoroughly <laughs> convinced. <laughs> I mean, um, from I've, well, the people that do biofeedback, which is very similar, but, um, different. I mean, those are unique schools of thought. And then the people doing remote viewing and everything, people that I've talked to about it. I mean, the ability, it's going to be hard to, you know, decipher whether it is a paranormal experience or it is someone coming there. They are not there in the flesh, but they're there in some aspect of it. And I think more and more these days, people might be able to say that they are attributing paranormal experiences to this, to these groups. And these are not, I might... In some cases, I'm not sure that they are. I mean, people can do this, but I've always wondered about, like, the because of the specialty of it and that it is a kind of unique skill, one would say, like, well, yeah, everybody can learn it. Everybody can learn this. But from what I'm gathering, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, I know that it's, like it's, ro it's this romantic idea that everybody can do it, and they probably can do it. But um, there's this strange thing going on. It reminds me of the, um, like when they were hunting down in the witch trials and burning people at the stake, or like they were specifically going into villages and trying to find these particular individuals because some particular individuals were tipping off some um, circuit in the order, like that there's a higher order, some other entities that are aware of those individuals who are doing such things. And it kind of tickles the, 
the um, the web, so to speak, and their attention is drawn to them, and it brings about things like gang stalking and the focus, not of the governments, not of you know what people would expect, but there are groups that are above that, a little beyond that. They're a type of order. They're aware of these things and are keeping checks and balances in that perhaps, you know, maybe <laughs> in that universe. Hey, hey, you're on troubled minds. Maybe juice is implied. You're good. <laughs> um, there's reason to believe. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say. That there is reason to believe that there is some layer in this where there are individuals that are keeping a check and balance on the system of exchange in the astral plane. And they are watching and observing this. And I, I think that they do. People who go rogue and start doing this, normal human drones that start to do these things are usually confronted with the lions, so to speak. And then things, strange things begin to happen. They start to have poltergeist experience. They start to have strange encounters. And... You know, I think that it's got something to do, sorry, moving around, but it's got something to do with, um, could it be those astral, those, I don't think astral plane traveler is the right term for remote viewing. I don't think it is necessarily, it's not, I don't think it is on the astral plane. I think it's on the literal physical plane that somehow they are, they are there. This is not like, it's not, it's not like a, like a trick of the imagination. They are there and they can, uh, you know, throw a glass across a room open a window, open a door. They are literally there. So, um, I know it's a, it's kind of, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> I mean, if I try, if you, when you're talking about the astral plane or remote viewing, but um, it's just, I don't know. I think that, uh, I think it's hard for people to understand what it could mean, and that there are individuals out there that are not necessarily, I would say that they are people, but those people have been, there are some people, some type, there are individuals who display these skills and abilities. And if they actually step out of the normal, and if you're even listening to these, these podcasts or listening to these stories and showing an interest in this, it does, I think, um, why? You know, maybe it's just curiosity, maybe it's just a whim of the night. But some people are very serious about this. They actually take this as a conduit in their life. And they make a decision to sort of go um, further and further. Well, these rogue people doing this, they are going somewhere where there are others who are very familiar with it and comfortable in it. And it's like a second skin to them. It's nothing at all. And you will encounter them. So we're talking about the idea of, you know, as been pointed out by previous callers, it's not just these monsters, so to speak, in the astral plane. Because this is, I don't think that there are other agents, so to speak, that are very proficient with this, that are wondering, what are you doing, you know, on this map, so to speak? Because they are doing work, very serious work, for governments and for agencies in that realm. And, and that becomes a thing. Like, like we said earlier, the ultimate spy network have you yourself ever tried to do an out-of-body experience? Have you ever, like, actually spent time doing this? Yes. I, I asked you yeah. the question, so I'm going to answer it to not be intrusive here. I have not, personally. I did try some of the remote viewing protocols from uh, Farsight. He, uh, he, he mm -hmm. let me into their archive, and 
the first time I tried it, let me tell you what, it blew my mind. Um, I saw some stuff before I saw some stuff, and then this stuff came, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how how is this even possible? Is it, I, I just don't know how to explain it, but it was, it the was first time- very... Very, very, yeah, very weird. Ahead. Very weird. Sorry, no, no. Just to finish, just to finish that thought. It was, it was. Uh, it spooked me, to be honest. Like, like I did. Yeah. I didn't view anything. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. It was sort of my mind's eye situation, and they were doing anyway. Blah blah, whatever. But it spooked me enough to be like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, at least, at least for the time being, I'll, I'll, I'll try it again maybe uh, in in the future. But, but I never tried actual out of body experience. Uh, talk about that if you if you've had some experience. Well, there's a couple of different ways to talk about it. I mean, it's not in one in both instances. I will say that um, there was a coldness. I came back like um, there was definitely the the physical sensation of leaving and then coming back. And this was uh, the first time was not intentional. It was done by um, a family friend who like. The first time leaving is kind of difficult, but I'm not, I'm not going to really go into it. <laughs> like, I'm not honestly going to go I, into it. Very I, much. I, I, I wasn't but, trying um, to twist your arm. Just curious if you no, had tried. No, so, so, so you have tried <laughs> but, it. So, so you have tried it though, and so so yes. cl- clearly you have some experience in terms the experience, of experience. The experience of it feels like you don't notice the moment when you you don't notice the moment you've left until after the fact is one thing that i've noticed like um there's the sensation of going in both and the times that i have like sincerely you know or it was being experienced there was no um while you're going into that state there was no oh i'm going now it wasn't till after you came back till after i came back that i was like oh i went that was one thing and then so there's like this type of natural um in both those times, because I didn't, I have not done it. Uh, I don't do that. I don't do it. But um, both times that was the case. And then when coming back, I had to be told to come back because it didn't, um, I didn't want to necessarily return back, but you do have to come back because when you come back to your body, you can see that the body is cold. And like, a, you have to, it was, at least that was my experience of it. That when I came back, it was as if um, my body was cold. Like I had literally been absent from it. And even almost like, um, just kind of, you get kind of caught up in what's happening, what you're seeing and, and the, the freeness of it, of doing that. And so I think there's a, and there in that case, I didn't really encounter other individuals, but then in dream state, did, and they are some of them. I I don't know if it really applies, but I think there's reason to believe that some of these people are able to do walk-ins and go into other individuals, and the person is not aware that there is someone kind of um, riding them in a way to see through their vision and see what they are seeing and they're not aware of it, but it happens. I don't think they're able to influence that person. I don't think they're puppeting them necessarily. It's a very advanced stage of that, but they are, they are able to kind of hop 
into the conscious into this not it's not the conscious or the psyche it's literally just into the physical body somehow and to look through and to use it that way so i think that there are that there is that possibility that people it. should so, consider it. but nobody's going to be convinced of it but they and, should and look it, up the studies about and, and, or, um, or, or or try it <laughs> try it try it <laughs> Well, if they do try it, I don't know how they would. I don't know that you can, I mean, some people may have a natural gift for it, but um, a person who does do it, a person who does biofeedback and remote viewing, and there are people that literally do this, that do it, have done it for the government, have done it for, you have to find them, and they will, um, they can help you and then they won't recommend you to just do it. They don't recommend you just do it. And both times that I did it, or what I think was doing it, which must have been doing it, <laughs> but in both those instances, I could not have done it on my own. And I wouldn't recommend doing it under the influence of any type of substances. Okay. And that's just so my opinion. So, which is completely valid. You're your person too. Uh, here's the thing. I, this was my question, and I don't want to d d drag you on into the night. You stopped. So, you, you, a couple times you did it, tried it, this type of thing. Did you get spooked and stop? Is that what happened? You you kind of yeah. creeped you out, and you were like, "Oh hell no, this yeah, is not a thing." Sincerely, is... because I literally forgot. Like um, the the first time was really intense and i the second time i went ahead and did it anyhow but the very first time and it was i knew how serious it was because it was like um while i was there and able to go and there you're not aware that you're doing it it feels like it's a uh, it's like you're dreaming almost but it's not the same thing it feels very different from that you can feel that you're moving over um like an expanse of space like you feel like you can move over, you you're literally see it. You can feel the, um, like the, the distance passing over you or something. I can't explain it. And then you can see somehow as well, but it's a different type of, it's not like seeing the same way. But when you come back, when you're like, I, I wasn't going to come back if I hadn't been prompted that I needed to come back now, like that I was supposed to go back. And it was instantaneous, not instantaneous, it was a little bit of a pull, but when I did, it was, I had to like gr completely ground out once I did get back to even just come back into myself and accept that I was, oh, okay, yeah, I have like a, I have a body right here and I'm supposed to be right here in it. I have to be in this. I have to do this. You know, I have to be present here because it was a lure in a way, to be where I went. And so there's, I think it is kind of dangerous in that regard. And then there, you know, as far as encountering, that happened after. Like where then it seemed as if it kind of opened some kind of strange, like a subconscious doors or something. And I started to have strange experiences, um, you know, where I, I thought that there were, there was something uh, it it causes strange, spontaneous, uh, you know, conscious reaction after the fact. Not that same day, not the next day, but an ongoing thing that went on from there. That was almost like a, um, that, that was a catalyst, that somehow that caused some kind of catalyst experience. 
you know. But it was helped by an experienced remote viewer, biofeedback practitioner, trusted friend. And I didn't, but I, 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 that's important, though. I think people should really take a very, if they're going to do this, it's the same as if you're going to learn how to play basketball. You don't just, I mean, or learn to do anything. You should take it very seriously. You know, I mean, people should take, when they pursue this sort of skill, don't think of it as just something, you know, toying around with it. It's, it's a real thing. Do some studies about it. It's a very, I will not do it <laughs> you know like with because i wouldn't do it without assistance i would want to be a part of you know a group that was working on it because you would need that validation to know you know um back and forth if you were going to do a study with it and there will be a lot of false studies and then eventually some wins and it goes like that is a check mark an x check mark an x but um and it takes practice but I think if you're going to do it the same with astral, um, with doing the 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 dreams when people are trying to do um, very serious work with their dreams, where it's actually productive for any type of work, you have to take it very seriously. Because if you just do it um, on a whim, or if you just do it goofing around, there are these checks and balance points in that realm that will turn you back and send you right back where you came from. And that goes for, you know, all of us, if we're just horsing around, because there are people who are very experienced, or I don't know if they're even people, honestly. Like I say, like, I seriously <laughs> think there's a whole group. And I've said this in like a conspiratorial turn, that I do believe there are um, beings that are like a kindred to homo sapiens that are very highly skilled in this that taught us this. And they're occupying that realm and at work there. And that yeah, our governments are working with them. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So if this is real, for sure, the governments know about it and they're doing it. And you have like yes, a crack, crack teams of, you, know, you think of like the Navy SEALs or whatever. They're like, hey, imagine yes. like the, the crack team of Navy SEALs astral projecting. <laughs> like that's, they, if if this is real, they have a team doing that. If you look at Montauk and, and you look at yeah, a lot of it, yes. Exactly. And there are a lot yeah. of people who were participating in that and they, they do know about it. Yeah. Exactly right. Crazy. Exactly right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, out it's, there. Cool. it's going on. And, and so, <laughs> so, so, hey, uh, the, the moral of the story, kids, is uh, be careful. Uh, take everything you do seriously because if you do it frivolously, it you may. You may end up, even if, as, as a talk show host, you may end up as Sean Hannity one day. And you don't want to be that guy because we're not even <laughs> sure if he's human. <laughs> or oh, it's like Lemon sailing. You don't just send a child, like, you don't, you don't go just sailing. You got to learn how to sail, you know, or you might, you know, get lost or something. Or worse. It's, or it's, worse. Or worse. Yeah. <laughs> worse. Well said, you're the best yet. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for staying Have up late with Thank us. Thank you. So Thanks much. for lighting it on Thanks fire so per usual. Uh, uh, you, you know where you love her? Jen in Missouri. Uh, the Arcane Observer is the name of her show, and you can uh, you can find it. Links in the description down below, troubledminds.org forward slash friends. Uh, it says follow Jennifer here, or of course, just search it, The Arcane Observer, and you'll find her YouTube channel. She's got a podcast. She's a, it's a radio show. It's it's here. She's got, she, uh, crap, I forgot to ask her before she left. She's got an interview coming up. Uh, I can't remember the name. It's uh, Dietrich. Uh, uh, November 10th, we'll, we'll talk about it before then. Uh, amazing stuff. Look. This is why we do this show, to meet amazing people and uh, talk about amazing ideas. And you see, th this, is, this is exactly the point of all of this from the very beginning. 
we doubted Frank and I, when we started this show five plus years ago, five years ago, the first week of April, we doubted there were smart people thinking about these things. It was like, okay, so this, this seems sort of like a, a farce, like, like a comical parody of itself with these topics, but there's something here. Look how, how deep it goes is up to you, but we thought there's something here. And so it, the challenge was that the people that eventually will call in are not going to be, you know, batshit insane. And I think we've proven that beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, you, you can label me batshit insane, but I, I'm pretty positive the people that call into the show are brilliant in so many ways. And I don't have to sell it. You heard it. You hear it. You hear it night after night after night after night. Just so many great people that make this go. In any case, like I said, uh, proof is in the pudding. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, again, blessed and appreciative to be in the middle of the whirlwind. And I know there's a ton of work that goes into it. And so, you know, some might say, you asked for this, Mike. And you're right, I did. You're right, I did. I just never thought it would be this amazing. And here we are. So let's do it. Let's click the buttons, do the things. Uh, don't forget to follow Jen. Links in the description of the Arcane Observer. Uh, November 10th, she's got a big interview coming up with uh, Dietrich. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get the details on that. It's late and I have limited time and et cetera, so on. Uh, I, I hate to have excuses, by the way. Uh, excuses to me are... How do I say this without being a dick? Um... Well, let's just say excuses are unacceptable. I'll just say that. That's it. I'll leave it at that. There's a lot of ways to elaborate on that. That might be an entire show. Uh, Many people ask me, which is funny. uh, I get asked on Twitter spaces and stuff. Hey, Mike, uh, how, how did you get where you're at with Troubled Minds. But you know what the answer is? Show up on time every day and do your best. That's the answer. It's, it's, it's not fancy. That's the answer. That's the answer. Uh, remain inquisitive. Uh, do things interesting to you. Stay true to yourself. Show up on time and do your best. It's not... It, look, the world is not hard. When you frame it in simple terms and I think that is the most simple of terms okay show up on time and do your best it doesn't matter what you're doing as Jen said she's right whether you're playing basketball or sailing a boat or doing a talk show it does not matter and she's right but uh, who said this Yoda said this to Luke Skywalker I've been watching you this is a bad paraphrase and you were always somewhere else never focused on where you were or what you were doing. There you go. Easy as that. Uh, don't forget, please follow our friends, troubleminds.org forward slash friends. Links in the description. Make accounts where you don't have accounts. Please spread the word. Let people know a conversation is happening. Shout out Matt in California for bringing it back. The great conversation I'm calling this because my ego is large. But I show up on time and I do the best I can. And so for that exact reason... My ego should be large, and so should yours. 
As we finish, uh, if you want to help Troubled Minds spread the word, let people know a conversation is happening. But we're not going to tell you who to vote for. We're not going to talk about politics except in the periphery. And, of course, there are amazing things happening in the cosmos that we do not understand. So let's consider them and talk about them. If you want to help uh, directly and want to spend some scratch, the best way is to sub up on Rock Fans, like 13 bucks a month. Not only do you get all the Troubled Minds archives, you get every archive of everybody that does anything on Rockfin. It's easily the best value. Links in the description. Click the Rockfin link where it says support the show. Uh, there's Buy Me a Coffee. There's Patreon. There's all this other stuff if you want to spend some scratch. If you don't, look, if you don't have money or don't want to spend money, look, it doesn't matter to me. Like, you, you are welcome here. This is not about uh, trying to extort you for your last, you know, 66 rubles or whatever. Like, I don't care. I, like, that. save those and do something good with them spread the word uh, let people know listen to the podcast feed you can find us on uh, all the places you get your podcasts and that's that uh, over 750 episodes five and a half years of troubled minds an unbelievable amount of amazing conversations listen to the podcast feed please let those commercials run if you don't i don't get paid that's it it's simple there's a lot of ways to help and it doesn't ha- always involve money so uh, don't don't consider that as a as a challenge as we finish it goes exactly like this be sure be strong be true. Thank you for listening. From our troubled minds to yours, have a great night. Don't forget, show up on time and do your best. <laughs>